before we begin, I'd just like to make an apology to our listeners at home. Uh, I noticed during the previous week that neither of us made a joke about the character Mundy in The Cloverfield Paradox in relation to him losing an arm over the course of the film. I would like to correct that right now uh, by making this observation. Hey, Matt, you know uh, Chris O'Dowd's character in The Cloverfield Paradox? Yeah, yeah. Did you notice that when his arm was taken off, yeah. he became disabled? <laughs> Brilliant! Play the theme. Welcome back. Oh. I'd just like to point out that the joke wasn't that he's disabled. No. no uh, it was a reference specifically yeah. to Chris O'Dell's character Roy joke. in yeah. the IT crowd. It's not a joke about sitcom. Yeah. Specifically, the, uh, oh. the, the episode we've been going to see uh, gay, a gay musical. What is the joke about gay people, Chris? Yeah, well, no, I mean, Willies, Willies, I like Willies is the song <laughs> in that episode. <laughs> and Moss thought it was <laughs> fabulous. Um, <laughs> oh. Welcome to the Big Damn Cast, your weekly uh, one stop shop for the hidden codes for the antidote. Uh, I am Chris, aka. The Watcher? Question mark. I am Chrissy's disembodied arm from another universe. What were you all about? <laughs> give me a marker and I'll tell you. <laughs> give, give, give him a pen. Give me a pen so I can write you a cryptic hint, and then take the pen away from me so I can be no further use to you, oh, except for entire... a very brief sight gag oh, yes. in the closing ten minutes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. 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 Um, but enough about that. This week we're on to hearty affair. Hearty Only a couple affair. things to talk about. The main body of this week's episode is Black Panther. We've seen it. We've, we've devoured it. it. We digested meats as we discussed it. And yes. now we're ready to talk about it to you guys. Uh, we'll also dip into spoiler territory with Black Panther, yeah. but we'll of course give you a big old warning, time codes Fair and description. Fair warning. Uh, and we've got a load of your emails to get through, so yeah. stick around for those. But, I indeed. But first, Matthew. Yes. Um, well, ooh. Mmm. I'm, I'm eager to get your take on this because this trailer came out. Oh yeah, yeah. For this new movie with Tom Hardy in. Oh wow. Um, I love Tom Hardy. Know, he's, it's weird because he, he looks like he's in a like a CT scan machine for like the whole trailer, and there's some weird voiceover, and then it looks like there's some actiony stuff in it. But I'm still not sure what it's actually about or what it is. Uh, what's the movie called? Apparently, it's called Venom. Um, it's probably about. Some, some poison or something, isn't it? He'd be poisoned. Is he being yeah. poisoned? Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl trailers came out last week and we talked about all of those and then off the heels of the back of all the Super Bowl trailers... <laughs> off the back of the heels... Sony decided to... In their write, infinite wisdom. Hmm, oh, <laughs> we got film too, guys. And while you're all searching for trailers online... We're going to put ours out, which means we didn't put it out during Super Bowl. We didn't spend millions of dollars on it, so, you know, fair enough. Oh, I've got a film too. It's for a movie coming out in October. It's the first film in Sony's loosely Marvel Cinematic Universe, but never directly connected to the MCU movie series, that are all spun out of Spider-Man properties they own. Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> and the first one is Venom. Um, you know what I think when I think about Spider-Man characters who were only loosely connected to Spider-Man and could work very, very well without any connection to him whatsoever. Aye. What do you think? 
literally anyone but Venom. I mean, Punisher. Literally anyone but... P- Punisher is a, well, a Spider-Man-originated yeah. character um, that works well away I, from Spider-Man. I, any other Spider-Man villain would work better as a solo venture than Venom, who is essentially... Evil Spider-Man. Basically. Yeah. To the point of having of being all in a black suit with the Spider Spider logo on his chest. Spider-Man eyes on his face. Yeah, Spider-Man shoots eyes. webs. Just what the... But we don't see any of that in this fucking trailer. No. We see, like, a flash of black goo in a container. We see a sort of almost glimpse of Michelle Williams. A sort of almost yeah. glimpse of Riz Ahmed. And lots of Tom Hardy. Also, him reading voice... Right, here's the thing. Oh, They've said that their Tom biggest... Hardy doing their grim. biggest oh. inspiration for this, for this take on Venom, apparently is the 90s solo series, so like Lethal Protector and, and War of the Symbiotes, things like that. Um, so the voiceover is suitably like comic book, thought boxes, thought box narration stuff. But here's the thing. It reads like an early 90s churned out to cash in on yeah. the character sort of stuff. It reads it, like... It sounds atrocious. It reads like, and take it from someone who's been reading some fucking early Spawn recently. Oh, it reads like fucking masochist. early Spawn, mm. is what it reads like. And, you know, despite what the sales said, that shit ain't good. No, no, no. no it no. ain't good. But here's the thing. Uh, this film has been produced by Avi Arad, executive produced by Avi Arad, who's been an executive producer of movies... For donkey's years, like since the early 90s, primarily attached to Marvel projects. Because Avi Arad was a big wig at Marvel in the early 90s. He's like a lamprey, you can't shake him off. Because his, because his company... He's got a circular mouth with rows of teeth. Because his company saved Marvel in part from its bankruptcy because he was the head and CEO of Toy Biz. Mm-hmm. Who merged with chunks of Marvel and bought a bunch of Marvel and whatnot in the early 90s, part of merchandise deals to help save the company, keep it going, and make them focus on even more toy-related content. In the 80s, they'd done a bit of that with, like, Secret Wars, for example, like, where it was a comic book that existed primarily to have toys attached to it, etc., etc. Avi Arad is very much stuck in the early 90s in terms of what he thinks is cool. He's also in his early 90s. He's, he is, he is an older gentleman. But, he's, but he, when I say he's stuck in the early 90s in terms of what he thinks is cool, I don't mean like his tastes are dated. I mean like that's all he knows. Like that was yeah. obviously when he absorbed the most information about the company he was part buying. Um, and one of his biggest obsessions is, as you can see through the Toy Biz stuff throughout the 90s, oh, and has always been Venom and the early 90s obsession with Venom and Carnage that came out of a few years of them being in the 80s and whatnot. Damn symbiotes, man. He loves the symbiotes. And he's the reason Venom and the black suit plot was forced into Spider-Man 3 against Sam Raimi's wishes. Uh, he's the reason why a Venom solo movie has been something they've been talking about since 2007. Um, and he's the reason why it's happened. Avi Arad also used to be the boss of Kevin Feige who has since gone on to become a world-building, universe-constructing executive producer in his own right, ahead of Marvel Studios and, and their work with Disney and everything. Kevin Feige's done a fantastic job building all that up. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell Avi Arad hates it. Now, obviously we don't know them personally, but when it came to the Spider-Man deal, Avi Arad was going to be the executive producer of Spider-Man Homecoming, and Kevin Feige was like, um, no, I don't want him in that role. And as part of the acquisition and everything, Sony went, okay, fair enough. 
So you get the yeah. sense of Irad's like, how dare you? Well, I'm going to go... Hey, Amy Pascal, you with the stupid ideas and the weird face. Come over here. Let's. She's got a weird face. Uh, I can talk, but you know what I mean. Like, she says, come over here. We're going to do these Spider-Man spin-offs we were planning for the Amazing Spider-Man films, but we're just going to have to tweak them a bit. And Deadpool was R-rated, so we're going to make them R-rated, and we're going to do a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie, but first we're going to do a Venom movie. Yeah. Why? Because those characters played a prominent role in a lot of the Spider-Man media of the 90s, and Avi Arad knows about them, because that's the only time he absorbed information about the comics that he was funding. Oh yeah, he was quite he was quite active in the 90s. Let, let's have a quick rundown of the shit <laughs> that Avi Arad has produced. Yeah. Shall we? Let's let's do this and see and see where it all went right. He's a very active producer, an executive producer in the um, the John Peters sense. If you know the yeah. stories about John Peters' work on yeah. Batman and stuff, for example, and Superman properties, like he's the kind who comes in and goes, "Oh, that's great, that's great." Hey, uh, can we uh, can we change the costume to blue? Why? I just think it look better in blue. Goodbye. Okay, like he's that yeah. kind of producer, and then um, they have to do it because he he has a massive stake in the the financing. Uh, what sort of stuff has Avi Arad struck his snout into? Lots of, uh, of cartoon series. Mm-hmm. All of them with merchandise um, attached? I believe so. First up being King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. That's early 90s, also, right? Also, uh, 93. Yeah. Follow- oh swiftly followed by uh, the Double Dragon cartoon. <laughs> and then okay. uh, the Boxmaster cartoon. Oh, Jesus. Um, fuck knows what that's about. Then... In swift succession, followed by the Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and Incredible Hulk cartoons. The 90s ones, a.k.a. the ones that were never anywhere near as good as X-Men. Quick pause for the Generation X straight-to-video movie, which is a backdoor pilot for a series that never went anywhere. Because Yeah! Um, didn't, that get, didn't that get a TX in the UK on Sky One? But like, that was the done. only channel that ever showed it. It might have done, yeah. Yeah, oh god, yeah. Um, I'm, I, I wonder if that's available, I'm probably worth tracking down. Um, to maybe do something with in the future, in the near future. Um, Meet Silver Surfer, the yeah, animated series. series, which was fine. Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. Oh my god, the TV movie. Yes, with uh, David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. Which get this, this will. Is this about who wrote it? No, no, no. Because this will this will bake your noodle. Oh, this will came this that came out the same year. As another um, Avi Arad produced superhero movie. Oh. Blade. Blade wow. and the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury movie came out in the same year. Just to clarify, the Nick Fury movie was a straight to TV movie, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but even so. Well, here's the thing. I think he's executive producer on these projects simply because he was a big wig with the oh, yeah. of Marvel. I think you can definitely tell which of these had more of a. I don't think he had a big hand in Blade personally. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Unlimited and Avengers United Day Stand animated series. Oh. Which are both Freck. Both, um, both late 90s and both feel like an early 90s product. X-Men Evolution. Which is fine. It's got its fine. fans. Um, and then, of course, the the holy triumvirate of <laughs> early 2000s superhero movies of X-Men, Blade 2, and Spider-Man. Which, mm-hmm. you know, went pretty well in general. Yeah, good films. Um, decent films. Daredevil, 2003. Not so good. Um, so good. X2. Pretty great. Pretty good. Uh, Hulk. Not so Drek. good. The Punisher. Deep, Fun. Deeply flawed, but yeah, nevertheless. Yeah. <laughs> but again, like, the more successful ones of these, I feel like he hasn't had much of a hand in. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Excellent movie. 
Blade Trinity. Dreadful movie. Elect- Both within a year of each other. Electra. Man Thing. I've still never seen that. I've never it was seen straight it. to DVD, straight wasn't it? To, I think it's got Christian Slater in it. Um, has it? He who knows fear burns at the touch of the man thing. No, it's not got Christian Slater. Sounds like a really else. gothic porno. I'm thinking of Alone in the Dark. Um, <laughs> uh, Fantastic Four. The, the same story five. one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun, but really crap. Yeah. Uh, X Men: The Last Stand. Terrible. Ghost Rider. Terrible. Spider-Man 3. Terrible. Fantastic Four. Rise of the Silver Surfer. Terrible. Bratz the movie. Bring on the toys. <laughs> Bring on the toys. Can we have the toys? You wait. We're going to get toyed up again in a minute. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Iron Man. The 2008 movie. The 2008 Iron Man. Because it was a Marvel property, a Paramount Pictures film, mm-hmm. and Marvel Studios had not formed to the way that it had yet. Because I think the first Marvel Studios movie outright was... Captain America, it might Possibly. have been. Captain America, The Avengers. Iron Man 2. Oh, they, that was still Paramount. I think it was Paramount distributed oh, okay. that one. Yeah. Dis- Disney because Disney were there from 2010. Because the next one we got um, was got, was Incredible Hulk, which was, again, mm. was, uh, which he also produced. Yeah. Along with... Oh, yeah, because um, Iron Man's Paramount, yeah. Incredible Hulk is Universal, but both of them are under the Marvel Studios banner, which is why they were able to be connected. Along with Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I've still not seen that. It's not good. But I, but it's got Idris Elba and Anthony Stewart head in it. And Kieran Hines. Really? Yeah. Oh, of course he takes over from Peter Fonda yeah. as Mephisto and yeah. probably look probably has more fun doing it, I imagine. Yeah, right. Um The Amazing Spider Man. Yeah. Also known as the Alright Spider Man. Mm. Um <laughs> also known as the Wow, these two have really cute chemistry. Oh, it's a Spider Man movie. Oh yeah, uh, yeah I guess. Back to Toys. Oh. For Robo Sapien rebooted. Oh my god, that was a straight to DVD thing, wasn't it? Um, Robo Sapien instead of being that big bulky cool robot toy from the early two thousands, was now a cute little robot toy. Robo Sapien rebooted. Yeah. Also, Pac Man and the Ghostly Adventures <laughs> series, which ran for like two years. What year? What year is that down as? Twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen. Isn't that interesting that that's around the time Kevin Feige is now in full mm. flux as the head of Marvel Studios? Uh, Amazing Spider Man two. Yeah. Less about that, better. All of his Sony stuff now, essentially. Airbound. What the fuck is Airbound? <laughs> oh, it's an anime, so he must have been producing the the yeah merchandise off that shit. Um, <laughs> Kong, King of the Apes, which is another Netflix animated series. Which is dreadful. I don't you see any of it. Tarzan yeah. and Jane, which I believe again is another dreadful. Yeah, both of them are like updating the properties to be superhero shows. Yeah, yeah. Funny that. Yeah, Funny. and there's not much merch um, out, so obviously it didn't. Work out. Ghost in the Shell. The 2017 live action. Sony distributed by any chance? Yeah, there you go. There we go. So at this point, Um, at this point, basically, he's just producing what he can through Sony. I like the fact that the the person who who edited this Wikipedia article felt the need to point out that he was executive producer only on Spider-Man Homecoming. There you go. Um... Also, upcoming, he's got Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Venom, Silver and Black. Oh, Christ. Morbius. Oh, yeah, they announced that, didn't they? <coughs> oh, God. And Borderlands. And that film adaptation of Borderlands? Apparently so. What? <coughs> My God, he's made you unwell. I, I, I'm honestly shocked that he's picked up on something that's post-1996. 
it'll be because like his he finally went to his nephew. He was like, "Look, I was working on the Venom I movie. Mean, but, but I brought the... I brought you this this lunchbox." And he's like, "Screw that! What are you playing? Borderlands? Ah, we'll make that then. Let's make this for the kids." Um, but yeah, look at the stuff he's 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 working on post ninety eight, and it's all nineties stuff. Um, like he did a fucking Ghost Rider movie in two thousand and twelve. Mm. Can you? Could you? Make a more irrelevant property in 2012 than fucking Ghost Rider. Jesus. I like Ghost Rider, in theory. Um, yeah. I'm looking, around, the, I'm looking at the book that they ripped the designs off from here, actually. Uh, Trailer Tears and Road to Damnation. Mm. The two uh, Clayton Crane illustrated Garth Ennis ones. He's a good... He's a good drawer, that Clayton Crane. Clayton Crane is a spectacular artist. Clayton Crane is the main reason why I picked up some series that I couldn't give a crap about, just because I wanted to see his artwork. Clayton Crane. Also a great name. It's a great, it's a comic book name, isn't great it? Great name, Clayton Crane. Clayton Crane, mild-mannered digital artist by day. It's like Doc Shainer. Doc Shainer, mild-mannered, di- mild-mannered digital artist by day. Draws a great plastic man. Um, Plastic Man, mild-mannered digital artist by day. So yeah, I mean, Avi Arad has had his fingers in some really, really rotten pies. Mm. And this looks like it's going to be kind of the same. And we've talked for like 17 minutes about it, and I don't want to say any more about it. We've spent more time on it, talking about <laughs> it so far in this episode, than whoever, whatever poor intern did editing the trailer at Sony. I'm assuming we're going down a, an Ultimate Spider-Man. The symbiote is a thing created in a lab route, or the thing is, or the symbiote is a well, thing found on Earth yeah. and the lab have experimented on. There's like route. wreckage in the trailer. So why so... is it going to look like Venom? Yeah, unless the why? movie will explicitly reference why? Spider-Man's existence. Why is it going to look like Venom? Indeed, and also, I feel like this was thrown together last minute out of the little footage they had yeah. ready. They just, is, they, they just wanted to, to steal some thunder, basically. There was next to no to visual effects in this. Yeah. It's just voiceover and stuff happening. Their trailer came out on, I think it was Tuesday. It was like the day we recorded the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, later that evening, the 10 years of Marvel Studios promos dropped. Yeah. Almost like Kevin Feige was going, <laughs> nice one, Avi. Roll out the footage. Do you think that Marvel Marvel Studios just wait to release their stuff until another studio is like I think they bag oh, it. Yeah, we've got uh we've got this thing we want to show off and they just go Fuck off I think I think I think it's a bit unfair in some respects, but at the same time it shows that they have everything ready. It's more of a like they've got kind of but, but although I wouldn't be surprised if in this instance it was just coincidence I wouldn't be surprised in this instance yeah. It was either coincidence or Sony had got a hold of the release date of the Marvel 10 years of Marvel thing and it's went, possible. we're going to put our shit out now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's going to blow everyone away, this footage of Tom Hardy narrating some explosions. <sighs> no, um, I, and I'll say like you why. the most generic narration as well. Every key cast member from Marvel 10 years thing with social media posted about it at the exact same moment, yeah. which says to me that it is a big scheduled thing of they make sure everyone's go. got it. So they can't have done that on a whim. It must have been pre-planned. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which actually lends a bit more uh, to the to the theory that the other companies, that Warners and such, have the have been the ones trying to outdo Marvel's announcements. 
Yeah. Because they all seem to coincide at the same time, but Marvel seem to have a lot of planning behind them, and you can't just... You can't plan it. Like, the only time I think Marvel have deliberately done something to try and irk the others that, that we, we know are for definite was when they went... Winter Soldier came out, and they announced... You know, they'd announced the, the release date of, oh, of another yeah. Marvel movie yeah. and their slate in 2016, and DC then went, well, we're releasing one that weekend as well. It was Civil and War. It's, and it's Batman v Superman. And then Winter Soldier came out in 2014, yeah, yeah. blew everyone away, and Marvel went, okay, so the movie that we're releasing in um, Easter of 2016, it's the third Captain America movie. <laughs> it's Civil War. And they just stared... They just stared down at DC's eyes and DC fucking blinked and moved. Because they were like, yeah, that Winter Soldier did really well. They, we do not want to compete. Even with, even with Batman v Superman, we know we will lose money if these two movies open on the same weekend. A little squeak came out. Yeah. <laughs> and that squeak was the script for Batman v Superman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck, man. Do you remember that? When that was it was happening, it was like, oh my god, they're actually going to go head-to-head on a weekend. This is nuts. And then they announced that it was going to be a third Captain America movie yeah. after Winter Soldier. And they were like, yeah, no, we're going to move. <laughs> like, we're going to move our release date to... to. I think they originally moved it... Oh, this was after... Ah, no, Batman v Superman was meant to come out at the tail end of 2015. Yeah, yeah. And then they moved it because of Star Wars. And then they had to move it again. And then they moved it because it, it was Captain, Captain America. America so they moved it back and then they brought it forward slightly. <laughs> and it just still got fucking pummeled. It's mental, isn't it? Because it was shit. So, uh, fellow um, Marvel shills, should we talk about Black Panther? Let's talk about Black Panther. This movie we got paid an awful lot of money mm. to say nice things about. Um, what when, are you going to do? When are they going to send that check? Oh, I've already got mine. Oh, have you? It's in the bank. Oh, what are you going to do with your bit when you get it? Oh, I should probably. I'm going to buy an orange grove. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I can build something on it one day, and then say to someone. This used to be Orange Groves. <laughs> I like oranges. Oranges are good. I think <laughs> I'm I'm going to use my um, Marvel Shield fortune to buy every single copy in existence of um, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice on Blu-ray and DVD, and all the film stock copies and any and all hard drives which contain a copy of the film, and I'm going to grind them into a fine paste. And use it and rub it all over my body while I gently masturbate with the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. Oh. That's that's my that's my Marvel Shield fantasy. Oh, <laughs> that's our Black Panther review, everybody. Hey, uh, we'll um, see you next week uh, for more Big Dame Case. Did you get? Did you get that we were kidding? I don't think they did. Did you get that we were kidding and that we're not shills for Marvel? They just happened to be making better movies. I don't think we get a lot of that shit anyway from our listeners. We don't, but, no. Um, um, yeah, it's Black Panther. Black Panther. 2018 uh, superhero motion picture starring Chadwick Boseman, directed by Ryan Coogler. Um, it is the 18th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, It yeah. is a soft follow-on giggity from <laughs> Captain America Civil War uh, and the events of that movie King T'Challa um, as he is now witnessed the death of his father when the United Nations Embassy was uh, attacked King during the story uh, of the, during that story yeah uh, so uh, after T'Chaka's funeral it's a case of them now crowning T'Challa uh, Black Panther is about him returning home about 
um, him taking his place, not quite ready to accept his father's position yet because he doesn't feel ready to let go let go of his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about his family uh, sort of helping him get ready to become the king of Wakanda, this technologically advanced nation hidden away from the rest of the world in deepest Africa, whilst at the same time someone with a a stake at the uh, the, the throne, a stake for the, a stake uh, uh, in in the fight for the throne, uh, and their own agenda uh, for Wakanda's resources uh, makes a long mission to head back to their birth home to start some shit. Um, where to start? Oh, oh! First of all, how good is this film? Very. <laughs> um, it's one of the most visually striking films I've seen in the last few years. Believe the hype. Yeah. The great yeah. thing about this coming, uh, being predominantly about um, an African civilization, albeit a fictional one, is it allows you to extrapolate um, sort of sci-fi design from an African base as opposed to... The, Afrofuturism. Yeah, Afrofuturism, yeah. as opposed to the mainly... Um, European American base that we see so much in mainstream stuff. So even though it's it's bringing that stuff into the mainstream, which a lot of people haven't been exposed to, and it's just gorgeous mm. to look at. It is gorgeous to look at, and it's great to watch and beautiful to just let it wash over you. This is a this is a visual treat for your eyes. It's an aural treat. There is. Um, it's it's the first Marvel movie where we're introduced. I'd say this is the third time in the MCU where we're introduced to a civilization separate from sort of how we know things to be, yeah. or how we sort of uh, observe stuff. And it's the first time where it has successfully been a stamp of identity of its very own that draws you in very quickly, like. Guardians is great, yeah. but we've seen outer space settings before. Asgard is pretty cool, but they kind of waste its potential quite a bit. They don't really do much. Yeah, really. they, they try more in the second movie, but the, the tone of the second movie doesn't make you give a damn about it. Well, yeah. Um, whereas Wakanda and 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 the you know the, the sort of the, the tribes and cultures that that make it up and surround it, mm. just this is a this is a full world. You believe it the moment the movie starts. Yeah, there's a really nice moment where you first enter Wakanda in the film, and you you see in the trailer like the ship sort of goes through an invisible barrier, and, <sighs> and enters Wakanda proper. So and in the film, the child just before they pass through says, "This never gets old," and you're like, "Oh god, here we go!" Well, and you cross through, and you're just like, "Oh my god, old. here it is!" Like here we are. Um, what's really nice as well is Black Panther isn't about Black Panther. It's an ensemble piece. It's an ensemble film, and what yeah. a fucking ensemble! Like, let's let's have a look at some of these cast members, yeah. Christopher. Uh, fucking Chadwick Boseman heading up as, as Black Panther. We saw him in Civil War. He nailed it in Civil just... War. He told a cracking Black Panther story in the middle of a story about the Avengers and and the Winter Soldier. He's... In a way where he stood out, and like, despite it being the introduction of the new Spider-Man, he was the standout. Like, he's just fantastic. He's just yeah. got charisma in fucking spades and screen presence yeah and, but he's also sort of uh, he's got that slight alien quality of, of like a royal who's sort of he's, he's trying yeah. to keep he's got it he's putting on a persona to a point but it's not like it's not a facade it's a 
I have to come across this way and I'm going to do it right. So he sort of feels slightly off kilter all the time, but, but in a way where it's like, no, nice, I believe it, he's a king. What's nice about the ensemble nature of this is you get to see him react, interact with different people yes. at different levels, and how that facade sort of changed, which is it's really neat. Because we see, we see his, ang- his we, we've seen him angry before, like yeah. we've seen his anger drive his decisions. Um, in this movie, we get to see his compassion and his sort of romantic side, and the sense of humour he's got and his family relationships. His family relationships. Um his relationship with uh, his sister Shuri in particular. Who we'll come to in a moment. Yeah. Um <laughs> we've got uh, Michael B. Jordan as uh, Eric Killmonger Stevens. Yes. Who based on the character Eric Killmonger, Killmonger. full stop. Killmonger. Yeah. <laughs> he is he's credited as just Eric Killmonger. Um, I can't remember what his Wakandan name is because, um, but yeah, he was born. Well, he was born Eric Stevens yeah, in the yeah. film, but yeah, um, it's, it's either way. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, MCU villains, definitely in the top end. Well fleshed out, great motivation, believable personal stakes. You completely l- like like Vulture last year in Spider-Man: Homecoming. You completely see where he's coming from. You get what he's trying to do. Yeah, but. It's the film also makes no bones about yeah this guy's a bad person he is doing the worst thing here to try and get what he wants yeah. he's doing the absolute worst option and also he's played by Michael B Jordan so yeah well, oh God, who looks like Michael a B. tank I was reading before same personal trainer he had for Creed so he obviously was oh, like okay. I want to stay like this possibly get a bit bigger you're gonna help me <laughs> it's like good call because he yeah. looks like a beast he, he, he does and that's not just because of the scarring he's got in the movies well that actually makes his skin look sort of scaled yeah. and prickly like he's gone on Victor's ass like he's, he's made a nick for every murder he's committed mm-hmm. um, well it, yeah they get into his backstory and it's like yeah he's got a high kill count yeah they switch him up well, I like the comic book one he is a, he's a kid from America yeah, but his his direction in life is a bit different in this. So, yeah. but he's very much they've they've obviously picked him because it's like he's one of Black Panther's more physical nemesis nemeses. Yeah. Like he's the one who is a physical match for him. And they're like, we want to see some of that. We want to let the character shine. We want to let the character of both of these men motivate the conflict they get into. Um, he's great. He's he's a he's a really good buddy. Yeah, he's, he's a really, a good, really buddy. good buddy. Which again, the MCU has been. That has been their consistent weak point, is is really solid bad but guys. But I think they've really started to get past that now. Yeah, like, uh, like by either allowing, with, with either allowing and, actors like yeah. Kate Blanchett to, to, oh, to play with the script, Kate or, or having characters like uh, Vulture and Killmonger, who it's yeah. like, you get them, you completely get them, but you know they need to be stopped. Also, he's called Killmonger. Yeah. Well, he's, he's called Killmonger. Yes, he goddamn is. Um, Lupita Nyong'o. Yes. Uh, Nakia, she's... Um, she's brilliant. She's a Wakandan spy. So a Wakandan agent in the outside world. Yeah, um, they're, they're called... Um, what are they War called? Dogs. War Dogs. But she's sort of not not defected from them, but she's kind of gone... Yeah, she's a I'll, bit native. I'll report back later yeah. because she's helping people in Nigeria. Yeah. And she's trying to sort of stop slave trades and, and things like that in Nigeria. So she's... She's basically she's basically the only superhero in the movie, and she's also she, got, she's the superhero yeah. in the movie. She's the one who's cut off from everything and gone. I'm just going to save people now. That's what I do. And she's got a bit of a <laughs> romantic entanglement with with um, T'Challa. Evolved. Yeah, they're they're they're, uh, they're exes, but uh, it ended in a mutual way. It seems, and they still care a lot. Still about holding each other. a candle for each other. Yeah, um, and they play excellently off of each other as well. Yes, and then <laughs> they, they sort of form a, a power trio with. 
uh, Denai Guerrera, uh, Koye, who's the general <gasps> of Wakanda, and she's so the, the general cool. of the, the, the Dora Malaje, which are the, the mm. all-female warrior class, yeah. which are the king's bodyguard. And so her and uh, Lucas Neon goes Nakia and T'Challa kind of basically, follow the trio. Basically, if uh, you'd stuck them in the climax of Iron Man 2, they would have dealt with all those freaking robot sentries oh, yeah. in... Like, I mean, in like a quarter flat. of the time it yeah. took Tony and Rhodey to do there's it. There's an awful lot of great action in this movie and an awful lot of great action being un- carried out by like amazing women mm. just being and giant freaking and aggressive spears. and, <laughs> and oh. giant freaking spears that are also yeah. pulse cannons and aren't detectable by metal <sighs> detectors and you can carry them through and never get noticed and oh my god. Martin Freeman returns from Civil War is Everett K. Ross. Yes, again. being Martin Freeman. Which is nice. I didn't know too much about that character but I believe that character originated um, within, I can't remember what the book was. It, was a diff- it wasn't Black Panther but he's a character who's become associated more with Black Panther books. Yeah. And is usually a more comedic part yeah yeah um he's definitely got some lines in this but like they keep him very strictly to his character from civil war in that he is um i was gonna say he's our eyes here but he's not the film we talk about this with lucy on the way home like it's sort yeah. of there's a bit fifth element in that it just kind of it drops it, you into it drops you in this like world, yeah it's relying on you having a previous connection with t'challa to go okay take me on this ride and even then, it's relying on just you meeting these characters and getting to like them to go, all right, show me this world. And you do, you do. You, they're um, all so likeable. And, and But Everett K. Ross is a nice addition, and he doesn't feel uh, out of place in it in terms of him being, you know, the, the separate entity who's brought into it. Like, he fits in nicely. Yeah. Uh, we got Daniel Kaluuya as Wakabe. Oh, Tealy. He's one of the... Basically, like, Wakanda's made up of five tribes, mm. and the tribe that he's a, a part of, I think he's the commander of, like basically guard the borders, yeah. So they're along the borders of of Wakanda, sort of disguised as as, as shepherds and yeah, like because the way the, the world knows Wakanda as a, a farming, yeah, um, so it's a poor farming nation basically. Yeah, it, it, it's got no exports. Yeah, so like when T'Chaka appeared at the United Nations thing and and uh, to talk about you know the Wakandans who were killed in yeah. in the events of civil war at the start. Um, he was there to defend, as far as the world was concerned, a small farming nation yeah. and some of the people who lost their lives. And to be like, look, we we can't let this stand. It needs to be dealt with. And yeah. Whereas, really, Wakanda is more than equipped to deal with sort of big oh, yeah. threats and things like that. Partly, in, in fact, to, to um, mm. Wakabi's um, fellows. Yeah, and, and his and his soldiers and his... Rhinoceros, rhinoceri, his, his cavalry. Yeah, um, his his rhinoceros. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, which Oscar are very Ray, much British a actor. part of a fight scene. I don't uh, want to give anything away until the spoiler section. But if you ever wanted to see rhinos on the battlefield mate, being badass, mate, now's your time. Just so good. But Daniel Kaluuya, every time I see him, every single time I see him in summer, my first thought is, oh my god, T Leaf has done really well. Yeah, I can never shake it because I was first introduced to him because of Psychoville. Yeah. And he's wonderful in everything he's in. But he's it, really good. It's just so cool to see him like in a Marvel movie. I mean, it's, it's weird whenever you see anyone from sort of small British TV beginnings of the Marvel movie. Like, I mean, you know, Martin yeah. Freeman in this, you're like, it's the guy from The Office. Like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. It's it's, it's so bizarre. strange, but it's it's wonderful. It's bizarre. It's really cool um, to see them getting sort of the chance to, to play in these big sandboxes. And Daniel Kaluuya is excellent because he plays, again, a very conflicted character who you understand his motivations completely. Letitia Wright. Sure. Oh. 
T'Challa's sister and Princess of Wakanda. I think she's the standout for she me. She is wonderful in this. She's sort of this this perky youth who uh, sort of wants to move Wakanda in a more futuristic direction and sort of shuns tradition. Yeah. Um, but is also you know respectful and uh, uh, loyal to the to the country. And she's bait. If Black Panther is James Bond, but <clears throat> from Central Central Africa. Shuri is Q. Yes. That's a perfect description. Um, uh, to the point where there is a whole Q there, there is a moment showing of like, you his yeah. gadget scene, which is fucking great. But I think the best part about her approach to the character and her performance is she's just a charm factory. Like, she's such a charming performer. And especially in this role. Oh, she's wonderful She's, she's basically playing um, cocky but not irritating child prodigy. Yeah. And she's excellent. I mean, this is, this shows how this shows how compelling and enjoyable she is to watch. She references one of the most annoying fucking memes on the planet, <laughs> and it made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Fair enough." I also thought, "Wow, the kid who came up with that meme must be shitting his pants in a theatre right now." Going, "I did that. Nice. It's in a Black Panther movie." Um, um, she's just fab. She's brilliant. She's just wonderful to watch. Um, and and again, like her devices and the stuff she comes up with, some of the technology in this movie is fascinating. And her entire relationship that... and the way he is with her. Well, we're at that point now as well. Oh God, there's oh the bit there's a bit again. I won't spoil it, but there's a bit where she gets him to test a piece of equipment she's oh, made for him, so good. and she starts recording it on her wrist device. And he's like, "Why are you recording?" She's like, "For just research." You, you know what's coming and you next. know what's coming next. Um, um, and it's 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 great. And just, I mean, that might be my favourite line of the whole movie. Delete that footage. <laughs> so good. And it's, and it's full of little interplay moments like that. And like, the Marvel movies at this point are, are renowned for their snappy dialogue. Mm. And this just runs with it. And But it just still feels so... Like, in but, some movies it feels forced. In this one mm. it just feels completely natural. Do you know why I think that is? I think because this film is very... In terms of other Marvel movies, if we compare it to another one in the MCU, yeah. the one that comes to mind is the first Thor. And what I mean by that is royalty and family and legacy and lineage play a big yeah. part. And a lot of the dialogue in this is very Shakespearean in terms yeah, of like it, it, it's, it's, it's Shakespearean and... in its scope as well. Yeah. It is, so, it is the... about kings and lineages and dynasties. Yeah. Whereas in Thor, those moments that alleviated it came from the interactions on Midgard yeah. and, and, and with uh, with Jane and her friends and, and like the Warriors 3 interacting in, in on Earth and everything. In this... They're not godlike beings. They're not Shakespearean characters. No. Um, there is ritual. There is tradition. There is royal heritage and that stuff. But like, it means that when you have those little light moments, they don't feel out of place. They almost feel like everyone sort of dropped their like princely veil for a second. Yeah. So like he he's he is a certain way in front of his people, and then he'll talk with his sister, and you see a sister and a brother. Yeah, and it and, and it's and it's it's wonderful. Yeah. And the way that the way that what what makes Chadwick Boseman so good in this is the way that he sort of flits out of those different relationships. Mm. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, just how adaptable he is. Uh, let's what else? Who else we got in this cast? We got, oh, and the tech is nuts. Um, her, like her tech is insane oh, and fascinating. Yeah. And we're at that point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where we can believe in a suit that appears out of nowhere. Yeah, we've, like, we've, we don't we've have to. Far. We don't have to see Stark being screwed into a suit yeah. anymore. Like, we've, we've come far enough now that it feels. Yeah. It feels like natural evolution. <laughs> um, Andy Serkis returning as, as as Ulysses Claw. 
Just. The, uh, the South African arms dealer and thief I, from uh, Age of Ultron. I just know? love seeing Andy Serkis in live in action things. on screen. Yeah. Like, in things and not as a CGI man. Because like, he, just... he, he is a pioneer in performance capture technology and and acting. But it is really nice to see him on screen. He's that just being got said, such a great expressive face mm. for the live action. It's so. Oh. But he is also partially a digital effect in this movie. Anyone familiar with the character of Claw from the comics? Yeah. Um, they don't go as far as you're probably hoping, but they do deliver. Well, and you do him... you do get a taste of the guy who's gone up against the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. You've seen him, like... you've seen him in the trailers with his arm blaster. I guess his his is it's a, is it, they don't go as far as the comics, but it is like a sound yeah. vibration related thing because it's it's part of vibranium. So they, yeah. they, it's about sound waves and and it's a cannon, but it's it's a prosthetic arm that is fully motioned, but then it will split apart like something out of a out of a science anatomy book. I don't think it and is this cannon fun, will stick forward. You see him, you see him with it, and it's like it looks oh, it's like, like it doesn't it's have full very, range of motion. Oh, it's very it. lumpy, but then you, there's yeah. a close up. We see him grabbing something, uh, and, and all the fingers fold. But it looks all lumpy, and well, it looks like what they've done is is instead of having it be CGI all the time, they've got an appliance that just goes over his actual arm. Yeah. But in the movie, it, it's this. But yeah, thing. then you get then they've animated, and they do talk it about certain, it's Wakandan yeah. technology and origin. So yeah. if there's anything that's like, hang on, that doesn't make any sense, it can be explained away by vibranium. advanced technology. Yeah, vibranium. The opening, it's all vibranium. There's two intros to the movie. Uh, one of them is like sort of a setup of something very Civil War actually, a setup of something that pays off later yeah. when we find out what it's about. Yeah. But there's also a very Wonder Woman. Esque oh, parent tells the child a story of the founding history of Wakanda. Oh, it's, it's so lush, gorgeous, and it sums it up so quickly, and and it it's so nicely done. Uh, if you're looking for your Easter eggs, yeah, in terms of the wider cinematic universe, there are not many, and I think that's on purpose. I think that's a conscious decision. It's relatively standalone. Yeah, there's the odd line here and there, and of course, it does follow on from events in Civil War, but. In it's, a way, it's it doesn't like, make it feel like, like you've missed something if you haven't seen Civil War, I don't think. In, recent, in terms of recent years stuff, it's like Ant-Man or Doctor Strange. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's, we're here to tell this story. If you're aware of the wider world, then cool. Like, but the extent of the references really are flashbacks to the Embassy yeah. event in Civil War and the existence of the characters of Claw and Everett Ross. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, Civil War and Age of Ultron were things that happened, and like, but you a, don't need to know that. There's a, there's a line like in uh, later on which kind of reminds you that they've got Bucky still. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a really throwaway line. That's yeah, just there. I th- yeah. And if you know remembers, that yeah. they've got Bucky in custody from the mm. end of Civil from Civil War, then you're like, oh, of course. But if you don't, it's just like, oh, that's the way things say. But it's not like it's, they don't make a whole thing of it, and it's not like a, a whole scene where he's in the background in his stasis tube from the end of the war. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's really neat the way it just slots in without being egregious. Um, who else? Uh, we've got, I've of course got to mention Angela Bassett as, um, what's her name in this? She's beauty, she is grace, she's got sass in her face. Uh, Angela Bassett's Ramonda, who is, um, the the Charles, widow of Sachaka, Charles' mother, uh, Forest Whitaker's Yuri, who's like the the high the high priest of the. I saw a description of him before that said that uh, Ryan Coogler described him as the Obi Wan Kenobi of the movie, oh. and it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that. Very spiritual. Uh, Winston Duke's Mabaku. He's great. He's really good in this. And I read as well. He's back in. Um, 
Infinity War. Well, of course he is. Yeah, that makes sense. See now, yeah, mm. um, yeah. I get a character. Yeah. A character that if you know the comics could be a sensitive ground, but they they they've purposely omitted a few things from the comic book. Yeah, is it is without it... taking them out? Strict. The only thing that's been straight up taken out is a use of a name. And uh, a common costume of the character. Yeah. But elements of the character's costume are definitely there, and they don't shy away from like the character's position. No, they and, just don't. They and, don't and lean into it in a way that. Um... Um, it, the, the reason I think the reason being is because based on different world stages, it could be interpreted the wrong way. Um, which is weird because they have handled it in animated shows and stuff and been quite confident in it. I think it's a different thing. But, but it, in terms it, of tone. yeah. So I, so I agree, but he he's excellent, and he's definitely that character. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, in terms yeah. Of his attitude, and yeah, his, his, yeah, yeah. His power and his motivations—it's definitely him. Um, I'd be interesting to see how they play with that as well, because it sort of changes around a bit of the, the known origin and whatnot. Um, the actor who played T'Chaka in Civil War gets to uh, flex his muscles a bit more in some uh, some scenes, uh, not necessarily set at the time of the movie. No. If that makes any sense. Um, we get to learn a bit more about T'Chaka's personal history as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the legacy of the, the Black Panther as well, and the, the ritual and the history surrounding it, and where the powers come from, and the technology, and oh, it's just it's a it's a it's brilliantly rich world building, and it's not in your face, and it's there's it, an action scene where involving rhinos. Yeah, go and see this movie. It's it's it's, it's treading. <laughs> It's training familiar superhero ground, but because, as I say, along the visual stuff, because it's coming from uh, elements of African tradition mm. rather than European American tradition, it's it feels fresh, and also it feels it feels kind of overdue in that no fucking casting agent on either side of the pond, Hollywood, London. No one can turn around casting a movie and turn around and say, oh, well, there weren't any, you know, African-American or African or, or black actors or actresses that, that, we could, that we could really audition for this part if it's, like, not, if it's like a, not a race-specific role. Bullshit. Mm. Look at how many there are in this movie. Every and it's just a... single performer in this movie yeah. is top. Notch, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. But it's but also the pre-sales for this film. I was reading before the CEO of IMAX has said this is the highest pre-sale. Yeah, for an IMAX um, movie from Disney and in the superhero genre, people want to see this movie. Yeah, and I think this and a few other movies of the last year, particularly you know um, Moon, Moonlight and Get Out, mm. have proved that there is like having. Like prominent black people in your cast is is it's not a it's not a box office uh, problem Cause, like because that's that is the thing with all of this it's it's the Hollywood machine yeah. and the film studios going well you know we just find that films sell better with a Caucasian lead and, nope. and, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and it's bullshit. like no the, the no, white no. the white man establishment run Hollywood and we mm. say this as two as two white males yeah. like it's bullshit like they do yeah. not have excuses to not cast more. Um, more diverse uh, casts, mm. and and this, you know, this is this acts as a showcase for so many brilliant young and old um, uh, actors of colour, and it's just fucking marvellous to see, and it feels way overdue. It's such a great ensemble cast. It's a great story, great action, great fun. Just go and see Black Panther, man. Like, what have you? 
It is... What have you got to lose what? but some popcorn down the side of the chair? And, like, the price of a cinema ticket, which is fucking extortionate, depending on what cinema you're going to. Get but... an Odeon Limitless or a um, Cineworld membership or something, guys. Seriously, save yourself and... some cash and go watch more movies. Go... Oh, it's... <laughs> it's proper good. It's an excellent film. And um, and where do, where do we... I think we'll wrap up on non-spoilers and give a bit of a verdict. Where do you think it stands in the MCU as, as just uh, as an MCU movie? Um... Oh, it's in the top. It's in, towards the top end. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm still. I'm still very much sort of a like. For me, the height still is Winter Soldier, First Guardians. For me, like I think that's still my like top yeah, end. It's. It's. But I think this is. This is in that same camp. This yeah. is. This is your your Thor Ragnarok. Your your Civil War. Your first Avengers territory. Like yeah, it's. It's really definitely. good. Um, Beats the pants off the. Off your uh, your Thor Dark Worlds and your oh yeah oh, I mean to be oh, fair that's not too not hard. The but... Oh um, the Xenomorph's crashed. Um, <laughs> it, it knocks the pants off off some of off the middling Marvel movies when they were still struggling with what to do, like like the Iron Man twos and the um, the your Thor the Dark Worlds were like oh what do we want these things to be? Um, this is very much a studio that's found its feet well enough to introduce new characters and new concepts without stumbling um, and continue plot threads from earlier movies without um, it being shoehorned or um, awkward. It's it's the opposite of the Cloverfield paradox in a way. Yeah. <laughs> in that it, it fits so nicely into um, a, a, a wider universe of stories. And it makes it look fucking effortless. Yeah, like, I mean, that's the biggest look... thing. Because I was saying to you in the cinema, I was like, you've seen Creed. Yeah. And I was saying to you, what else has Ryan Coogler directed? And this is his third film. Yeah, he's done, he, done a, he did a few shorts. Then he did Fruitvale Station with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Then he did Creed with, with Michael, Michael B. B. Jordan. Jordan. Uh, which is, fuck, I've not seen Fruitvale Station. I hear it's brilliant. Uh, Creed is incredible. Yeah. Um, And now he's made this, which is... Just brilliant. It, again, it's continuing Marvel's sort of tradition of going, we'd like to hire directors who definitely have a voice and a style, but they've got to be able to cooperate with our grand plan. And and sometimes that turns people away. It it got it got I it think... got tough to work with for Joss Whedon. Um it it pushed Edgar Wright away, but I think that was because that I, I was Edgar Wright's baby for so many years that it then also... it then got absorbed into a bigger thing. Off the evidence of, of, of this and mm. Um, Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I think they've also learned from that experience and gone. Okay, we should give these guys a little bit more slack. Yeah, because when they do, the results speak for themselves. Yeah, I think Kevin Feige and his team at this point are acting more as just quality control. Yeah, like they're just overseeing, going awesome, awesome. Can we ask for a bit more of this? As long as it doesn't compromise what you're doing, like, can we just tweak that? Can we change yeah. that? Uh, I think that's also been reflected quite neatly recently as well in, like, post credit sequences. They've become now sort of the ground for, eh? Yeah. Eh? Rather than it which happening within the movies. It's what they yeah. started out as, but then they, they started to, you know, the film started to encroach. Like, I think Age of Ultron is the biggest example of interference affecting the end product. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it feels like it was the most... And it was. It was the most muddled hmm. around with. I, Iron, Man, Iron Man 2 was the vanilla filler and Age of yeah. Ultron was the yeah, maybe we should have left that alone a little bit. Yeah. Iron, Man, Iron Man 2 suffered but it, 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 it allowed it to grow 
It allowed the, the films. Yeah. It, it was it was a pla- it was a placeholder. Further. Yeah, it was a placeholder yeah. movie that essentially existed to remind you these films were carrying on, and to introduce the idea that there was more than just Iron Man and Hulk. But again, um, I think they've learned from that particular mistake, yeah. and not that and Age of Ultron. I think have been big learning experiences because no one's ever done this before. No one's ever done what Marvel are doing before. They've, no one's told, and no one's even no one's even attempted to do it with as much care. Oh, man. Since people have tried to start their own thing like this, but they're just charging headlong. I mean, what we're in fifteen down the now? highway and they're rushing headlong out of control. Is, it, is this the fifteenth MCU movie? Eighteenth. Uh, Eighteenth. Jesus, what so. was I the fourteenth? Hang on, hang on. Um, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor, Captain America: The First Avenger, The Avengers. Iron Man 3, which is, I still think, my favourite Iron Man movie. I really like uh, Iron Man Thor The Dark World, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, uh, Captain America Civil War. Uh, what else was that year? Uh, Doctor Strange. Strange. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, hang on, hang on. Guardians oh. of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. That's 15. Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther. This is the 18th movie. 18th yeah. MCU movie. Yeah. They've got two more coming out this year. Yeah. Captain uh, Marvel's age, filming at the moment. Uh, Infinity War and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's 20 movies. Ant-Man and the Wasp will be the 20th MCU That's film. 20 movies in 10 years yeah. telling one large interwoven narrative. And there are four more confirmed ones after that. The second part of Infinity War. Captain Marvel, uh, Spider-Man sequel, and Guardians Volume 3. Those are the next definite confirmed ones after this year. Like, say what you will about, the, you know, how <laughs> this is eating up mainstream cinema, but fuck me, that's impressive. Hmm. To, to to churn out 20 films, yeah. or two, two of which we haven't seen yet, to be fair. Two of which we haven't seen yet, and three of... Four slash five of which were technically sort of other studios with Marvel guiding it towards yeah. their own objective. And but yeah, and and to and across that to to maintain a shared narrative. Yeah. Oh yeah, shared with, with a minimum of two a year apart from twenty ten and twenty twelve. Yeah. yeah. And to also maintain a baseline <laughs> of quality, which at its at its, at its lowest point is like. Incredible Hulk for the Dark World, which is, it's fine. I just realised there was even a year where there wasn't a Marvel movie. 2009. Yeah. Because that was when the machinery was getting yeah. into position to really fucking churn them Holy out. Holy shit balls! And they, they've churned out 20 movies in 10 years. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, by the time I'm on the Wasps and out, not like by the time I'm on the Wasps out, it won't even yet have been the, tw- the 10th anniversary of Iron Man. No. That was an August movie, I think it was yeah. July, August. So it'll be just yeah. coming on the 10th anniversary, yeah. it'll be. Um, oh my god. And not, nuts, and not 20 fucking small indie movies, character pieces, like 20 big budget fucking huge blockbuster movies, effects heavy, huge casts, like pushing the envelope constantly, and... With only two semi-duds in terms of criticals. Yeah, and, and even that, like... But again, look at that hit rate, like, out of the 18, oh, 16... God. 16 have been critical darlings, and two have been... Well, yeah, it's all right. Go, I wouldn't go critical. I think, I'd say, like, maybe 10 have been critical darlings. Oh, well, okay. And then maybe, six have been well, pretty well received, and then two... Two have been given two, a... Five or six have been pretty well received, and then two or three have been like, it's okay. Yeah. But none of them have really taken a drubbing. No, no, no. Like, there hasn't been. I mean, again, taste is subjective and opinion is subjective, but 
there hasn't been on a technical level or at least in in terms of an audience response level there hasn't been a bad movie in that run no uh, mediocre at worst yeah. i would say but no like oh this is terrible just nothing not the best nothing on the scale of a daredevil or a spider-man 3 yeah. or a x-men 3 or a wolverine origins or a suicide squad or a bds yeah. or a fucking spawn just to <laughs> keep it fair and get all the comic companies involved like marble shell marble shell rah 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 I'm just getting those pages of Amazing Spider-Man. He, he says, he says in a room, he says um, in a room where the shelf behind him is entirely full of DC characters. Just so much DC. Um, <laughs> look at that! Look at that! Back, right in front of me is a shelf that is two thirds Batman and a little bit of Captain America, and then Catwoman and what's that? Chew and a couple Chew. of other random C <laughs> uh, books. And standing in front of all those books is the Batman uh, of uh, Batman of Zero and R <laughs> from Grant Morrison's R.I.P. Batmite and Scarecrow. <laughs> so I don't think we've got a Marvel favoritism problem here. Um, I mean, look, that's his shelf because I mainly have digital comics, um, and the only action figures on my shelf are Transformers. Um, so more than meets the eye. I'm an, IDW, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm an IDW shill. So shoot me. Um, <laughs> just. It's really good. Yeah. And if nothing else, the the achievement, even if it is all in the name of corporate greed, mm. the achievement of the MCU is something to behold. Often imitated, too often imitated. Please stop imitating them. It's getting embarrassing now. Uh, and also this would be the first time that we'll be seeing some characters and there's no definitive plans for a sequel right away. Yeah. But we get to see them in the next movie. That last happened with Ant-Man in 2015, and then the next movie we got was Captain America Civil War. Yeah. So we got another dose of Ant-Man. Um, well, we even in, get... in just over two months' time, half of this cast is returning to well, appear we... in Infinity War. We even get the James Bond-style Black Panther will we'll return, return in, in Avengers Infinity War. Remember that when they knew what the next James Bond movie was going to be because they knew which book they were going to adapt next. Yeah. So it would be James Bond will return in Go Tonight. Um, let's get into a bit, a few spoilers before we jump into emails. Spoiler territory um, with our big old eyes and necks because we're giraffes with giant eyes. We already kind of let one slip in that um, Killmonger has a Wakandan name. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, he's Wakandan. Yeah. He's, he's, well, Wakandan heritage. He's, yeah, he's, he's an American-born uh, prince. He's, he's yeah. a Wakandan prince. He's uh, he's T'Challa's cousin, essentially. Yeah. The son of T'Chaka's brother, who betrayed Wakanda mm. by allowing... Uh, basically thought, because he'd spent some time as a war dog living in the outside world, he saw the oppression visited upon... Um, upon black people across the world, particularly in uh, Oakland, California, which is where Ryan Coomer grew up. Um, which is the big change for Killmonger. Killmonger is originally yeah. from Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, I think it was. Uh, now he's from Oakland. Yeah. Um, born of... Was it Brooklyn? Or was it... It's, it's New York. I'll double check that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's he's, he's, he's West Coast now. He's Everything's East Coast from New York. York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's from New York. It's Marvel. Spider friend. Uh, everyone's in New York. Um, I've forgotten until the credits rolled as well that Black Panther isn't entirely a Stanley and Jack Kirby creation. In terms of like the character's beginning. Like, yeah. Other writers and artists over the years really crafted that well. A lot of the stuff from this film, especially in terms of the Royal Circle and the or what the what the warriors called? The Dermalaji. The Dermalaji, like like that stuff was mostly crafted and honed in the nineteen ninety eight run. 
of like Christopher comics. Priest. Yeah, Christopher Priest yeah. from that's when it yeah. really got fleshed I've, out. I've honestly not read much Black Panther. Like my extended Same Black, here, Panther Black Panther comics Pan- is like mm. the early Black Panther stuff from that Stanley Jack Kirby Fantastic Four run where yeah. he first gets introduced. Um, his of course because he debuted in Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. his involvement um, in the uh, yeah because his first story his first story's Claw's first appearance as well yeah and it's just T'Chaka cut off Claw's hand in the comic that's why he replaced either, it with uh, with a cannon it's either just before or just after Galactus yeah it's around he's got this run of stories from the coming of Galactus <laughs> through to like Doomsday which is like oh it's Galactus is here and also oh, these are the Inhumans and also this Black Panther and Wakanda and all this weird shit yeah and also now here's the Silver Surfer back again oh no like Doom has stolen mean, his powers you, you mean you mean Fantastic Four actually used to be the world's greatest comic magazine. Fucking, those first 102 issues yeah. of Stanley and Jack Kirby were just... It It was imagination. Yeah. Just stream of consciousness poured out onto a page. Hey, I'm going to give you a vague story idea, Jack. Can you just draw it all out and then I'll fill in the words? Okay. <laughs> saying that because he's got a cigar in his mouth. Giant cigar in his mouth. <laughs> chomping on it like the king should. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's it's... Like this is so so. Can you do it in two days, Jack? <laughs> so like yeah. So within this, like it's established that T'Chaka's brother is is one of these um what they call it war dogs. Yeah, yeah. Like which is a Wakandan agent sent out to a different country to essentially monitor and be a spy to help feedback what's going on in the world and make yeah. sure that Wakanda isn't discovered or researched on la la. He's sent out and he sees the oppression specifically within uh, West Coast of America of of the black community and he's like. Yeah, we we need to do something. We can change this. We can change this. What are we we not, just... Why are we? Why aren't we doing anything? So he allows, he gets the information out that allows Ulysses Claw to break into Wakanda, mm. and in a giant heist that involves a lot of explosions and death, steal a load of vibranium. Half um, ton, I think. Half ton, which 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 it's falsely announced for a long time and probably put out by Wakanda. Yeah, they, they say that, they that say is it, yeah. the that was all the Wakanda all the, all the vibranium they've got. Um like obviously some has managed to make its way into American hands over the decades because Captain America's shield is made of vibranium. Um so you know in the forties America somehow got hold of some I'm guessing. Yeah but a tiny amount. A tiny amount. Enough to make a shield. Um and although Bucky's arm's made of vibranium as well. Um so is it? yeah they mentioned that in I think it's Winter Soldier. Because that's how he's able to stop the shield in midair. Like, he just grabs it because his arm's made of the same stuff. Only bits and pieces that have got out here and there. Because there's that scene in the British Museum where they find the... where Killmonger sees the artifact. Yeah. And it's like, that's Wakandan. Mm. We're stealing this. <clears throat> oh, by the way, you're all dead now. That was a great scene. That yeah. Because really it just established, the, the, established the two villains of the movie. And it was like, yeah. oh, okay. Just Andy Serkis just chewing the fuck out of the scenery. <laughs> just having the best time. But, uh, yes, yeah, so, so it, the idea is that T'Chaka's brothers allowed all this stuff out. He, he allowed it to happen so that it could get out into the world. And he he liberates some for himself. Yeah. And the idea is he's going to start, essentially, a, a, a small revolution that will grow bigger. I wouldn't say it was going to be that small, yeah. Oh, well, well at first they were going to make yeah. examples, weren't they, and sort of spread out. Because even in the film, like, toward the end, that's what's going to happen when they realise that the war dogs around the world are not agreeing. But three of them have gone... Okay, like, we're going yeah. to obey our king. Yeah, we're going to obey our king, and it's one in New York, one in London, and uh, one somewhere else. They go like, okay, yeah, we'll Kong. do it, Hong Kong. So, like again, it's a revolution that's going to start small and then spread. Yeah, um, because that's the thing with Killmonger's motivation. Essentially, he's following on in his dad's belief, but he's taking it to the nth degree. It's not about protection and making examples. 
he wants to change the tide of mm. oppression and violence against black people around the world. However, the way he wants to do it is by killing everyone else. Yeah. Because he spent 26 years mm. stewing. Yeah. And just be and just be, and just becoming more and more pissed off at, his, at what he sees as his dad's murder. And it was his dad's murder. Like mm. straight up, T'Challa murdered his brother. Yeah, to uh, T'Chaka murdered his brother to, to protect, protect, his, protect his friend. And it's, um, it's uh, Zuri, isn't it? Yeah, because Zuri is. The basically this great scene where these these two guys and who, after, who after they announce it, it, you look at the actor yeah. and you're like, oh my god, yeah he, yeah, he just looks like a young Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. This is terrifying. And it's these these two you think are American black <laughs> dudes, and then. One of them turns out to be. They've got these like UV tattoos inside the. I'm, I'm holding down my lip like you can see it. On the <laughs> podcast. But they got these UV tattoos inside inside it's the a, bottom it's, lip. It's what like the war um, dogs essentially. Yeah, the, the, the Wakandans outside of Wakanda. Yeah. Have uh, put in there to basically go like you know this this is my ID back into my own country. Yeah. And um, so yeah, you you reveal that one of them is is the prince, is the, is the king's brother, and then there's the other guy with him. He's like, what's going on? What's going on? Until the king's like. Yeah, we had eyes on you all the time. And the other guy's like, yeah, I'm actually with Canada too. Uh, yeah, because he says, he says like, so why have you come here? And he says, like, I want you to look me in the eye and tell me you did not aid him yeah. in this operation. And his brother's like, you know, I would never do that. And he sort of, Sachaka so says, look in his face of like, I can't believe I'm having to go this far. <laughs> and he, he, he says, like, we've had eyes on you this whole time. And his friend drops his pretense and yeah. it's, it's Zuri. And it's like, oh, yeah. So Killmonger's motivations are completely understandable, but obviously horribly wrong in terms of how he's planning to execute his beliefs. Like it, do you know what I mean? It's it's, but that was something that was kind yeah. of refreshing about this in a weird way, is that when Hollywood does quote unquote black cinema, yeah. they tend to focus on like oppression, like black oppression and uh, black history. They focus on like slavery and, and those stories. Which, of course, there are stories to tell there and there are lessons to be learned and, and education that needs to be given to generations who sort of don't yeah. think about this stuff. But at the same time, it was refreshing that this movie, that was not the overall motivation of the film in no. any way at all. But it also meant that Killmonger's beliefs and his, his motivation were completely understandable. Yeah. Like, he, uh, in, again, like, there is, there is a obviously, part obviously it's a very different, a very different, more serious version than what I'm about to say, but it was like Vulture in Homecoming. Yeah. It was, I see what your po- your point is, and I sympathise with you so much, yeah. but you need to stop doing what you're doing, because it's the wrong thing this to do. This is not the way. Yeah. Um, and that's what is... was nice about the film. The, the film, in fact, in the mid credit scene, they they state it outright in a, in a line that I wouldn't be surprised uh, was probably written after November 2016. Yeah. Where T'Challa says, like, um, the you know the wise build bridges, only a fool builds barriers. Yeah, in and, times of crisis, the wise build bridges. Yeah, and 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 that, that's the message of the film essentially yeah. is yes, horrible stuff has gone down in the past, like in terms of colonization, in terms of all that, yeah. in, in in terms of yeah, slavery, the, the, and and in terms of T'Challa's personal story, my father and the other kings have made horrible mistakes. Yeah, but the important thing isn't to dwell. The important thing is to learn and do better, and that seems to be the film's overall message: it's you learn and you do better than there's the people a great, who came um, before you. I love that it's like an offhand thing, but it's there's a sort of slur that the Wakandans have for like white Europeans and Americans as a colonizer. Yeah, and it's like yeah. oh, 
Oh yeah, that it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is gonna be yeah. Fuck. <laughs> okay then. Yeah, we kind of are, aren't we? Uh, oh, we're shit people. <laughs> we are shitty people. Um, and yeah, and it's yeah, it's 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 not a movie that trades on white guilt, but it does invoke it mm. gently, and rightly so. Um, it's it touches on on themes of immigration and and um othering othering mm, of, of yeah. people um yeah uh to the point where, you know you could you could paint what kind of xenophobic they even had that conversation um with T'Challa and Wakabi early on mm. where Wakabi doesn't want to T'Challa's considering like opening the borders yeah and, like maybe and, and maybe what bringing... we do is we bring people in we bring refugees in to take care of them and, and to, to Wakabi's help them. like no nah, bring people in our country they'll just bring problems with them yeah and it's it's sort of again like when he says that you go I can see why you're wary of doing this because yeah. like everything for you guys is as perfect and as peaceful as it possibly can be. Yeah, it's come at such a price. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, oh God. But again, they don't shy away from the idea that Wakanda is a, a nation founded on five tribes yeah. with five figureheads, each who are replaced by their bloodline or, you know, by um, trial but it's, uh, over but the it's... decades. And there are problems within themselves Like they still yeah. have, they still have the, uh, the tribe of, of, uh, again, I'm just using sort of the comic book like thing, but they have the tribe of the white ape, and it's like I think they there. are called, like straight up called the white. Oh yeah, tribe, they refer to them. Yeah. They refer. They refer. Um, they refer to. Um, oh gosh, the character. Uh, Mer, what's his name? Mbatu. Mbatu. They refer to him as the gorilla king as yeah. well. So like they're still keeping and, within and the they, um, and they mention they, the they idea of the of conflicts of the different tribes. They mention Harry Man, the monkey god as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas like most of the other tribe are very bast. Yeah. Yeah, the... uh, it's it, for them. It's it's Hanuman, so it's, it's mm. like a de- like a, de- a theological difference there, which is quite neat. Um, and also, it doesn't seem to be a thing of like praying to gods. It's about respecting lineages, and, yeah, and, and tradition, um, and, tradition. And it's it's spiritual, but it doesn't seem overly theistic. Yeah, um, it it's just a re- it's just a really neat exploration of of what is mostly an invented culture, but again, taking cues from real. Real world, real world inspirations, traditions yeah. um, of various uh, creeds. Um, ha Creed. Hey. Ryan Coogler's previous movie. It's just, I mean, there's not too much to spoil. There's not too much to spoil other than it's like straight up telling the plot. But like, there's some amazing action sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a really. I'm never going to get over the rhinos. You love the the armored rhino cavalry. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya riding a giant armored rhino. Yeah. Do you ever think you'd see that? When you were watching Psychoville, no. Oh, maybe sitting um, on a big beanie baby, but not riding a giant <laughs> armored rhino. Um, commodities. Um, <laughs> my holy of holies. They do a really good job of making that big epic finale brawl because, as with all superhero movies, there is a huge, big knockdown fight that is happening on like three or four fronts. At but the there's end. only two people having a fight during that that where it is like a this yeah. could end it kind of thing. Everything else is a horrible side effect of what's having to yeah, happen. Yeah, it's like a mini civil war. Yeah, um, and people are people are being injured more than killed because it is a case of like... Yeah, people don't want to kill each other. We don't want to have this fight, but like we have to be loyal to the king and they're like, yeah. this is not our king. Basically, Killmonger usurps the throne from from T'Challa. In a really powerful um, scene. Like, yeah. And again, it's 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 you realise that they do the, the the trial by combat thing early on in the movie. They do the... the a lot of the versions of the Black Panther origin story or whenever he's adapted into like animated series and whatnot always tend to do a version 
of like either T'Chaka loses in the trial to keep uh, his position uh-huh. or you know T'Chaka's passed on and then T'Challa has to fight to remain king of Wakanda and, and, yeah, and defend Black his, Panther defend his, uh, and, and usually the other tribes are like we're not going to step in we are happy with this decision and then the tribe of the white ape are like nope we are going to fight and yeah. you know it's it's his Mabatu and he's going to kick your ass and this movie does that and it's like okay this was cool to see it's cool to see this in live action it's choreographed brilliantly mm-hmm. like you get a sense of the culture and the respect everyone has for one another there is ritualistic elements to everything but again it's because it feels like it's traditional and you know it's brilliantly done and then you realize later in the movie oh they did this on purpose yeah they're setting so that we could watch a small scale version of it that is actually a fight for the fate of wakanda when killmonger it's a really wonderfully structured movie yeah like everything's set up and paid off it flew by as well it was two hours and 15 minutes it's a really good ride and um yeah i just oh it's great fun it's really great fun um, so yeah, Killmonger becomes king, deposits T'Challa, and then basically at the end, T'Challa comes back, and there's a little mini civil war mm-hmm. of uh, Wakabi and his and his border guards siding with Killmonger and um, t- the Dormalaje, and the Dormalaje are also doing that because it's their yeah. duty until they see T'Challa's alive, and they're like, no, no, like, fuck this, this is wrong. Yeah, they turn on, they turn on Killmonger. Uh, Nakia and uh, Shuri join the fight. Even mm. Everett Ross gets involved because he yeah. gets he gets injured. He gets uh, injured. He gets a spinal injury, and they bring him to uh, to Wakanda against under protest from from some people uh, to heal him because they can't just let him die because he saves Nakia's life. Um, and so even he gets involved, and it's and it's this wonderful like this huge epic battle of of of, of brother versus sister and. And rhinos and, and spears <laughs> and swords and the red Dora Malaysia with the bald heads against the blue robes of the border guards and, and it looked gorgeous and then there's the two Black Panther suited uh, guys fighting each other but the stakes are very personal mm. and it, it means something. It's not just like people bashing against each other and even the good superhero movies can lose themselves in that sometimes. Mm. Um, but this one really gets... It's personal stakes. stakes and makes you you care about what the outcome of the thing is going to be because, mm. like th- this movie spent so long making you like everyone and that's the thing you don't want them to win because it means the earth is safe. No, you want them to win because you know like the characters yeah. and you know the ones who are in the right and you want them to best out over the evil and and the injustice of it all. But at the same time, I kind of I didn't want Killmonger to die. Because yeah. I feel you, like you wanted you wanted him to see what he was doing wrong. You yeah. wanted him to be rehabilitated. But he choo- he chooses to die he chooses rather to than, die, than live yeah. in bondage. And again, like that line, it's sort of in that moment you go, Oh god, like his death feels wrong because you're like he like he he has a point. Yeah. But he's doing it the wrong way. And if only he'd let himself live and be saved, maybe he could have learned he could have become better. He could have become like a freaking he could have become a great member of yeah. the royal family and it's like oh man it's, it's some deep stuff um mid credit sequence I, I said it in the cinema it sort of felt like a, a cheeky nod to the, the press to, conference the press conference to the end of iron man yeah. like because you know it's like like with all due respect what you know what 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 does a, a a simple farming country have to offer to the rest of the world? Yeah. And he just sort of smiles, and then we cut on with the rest of the credits, and you're like, he's just about to basically go, click my necklace, yeah. look at me, I'm Black, Panther. I'm Black Panther. This is just um, the start of it. Like yeah. that's that's 
you know and and, then... and and that was what was nice about Everett Ross's inclusion is it is that bridge then of like okay like now we know who's going to be their liaison to help yeah. Wakanda yeah. get into the wider world which I think is he's, he's kind of is. is most well-known role in the comics so yeah he's, he's, he's a government that's what people them. were like oh okay that's what they're gonna do with him in um post credits civil war um we're in that era of marvel post credit sequences now the post credits don't really drive on the hype for a future movies now they're it's more just a little sort bit of, of connective tissue yeah and in this case uh it's just basically to let you know that after the events of this movie everything's calmed down in a quiet little sort of uh sort of outcrop just near the river mm-hmm. slightly away from the main city Bucky is revived and awake yeah and Shuri has some things to show him yeah and he is ready and um, also and the Wakandan kids have nicknamed him the White Wolf yes which is yeah. quite neat um, it's also again it's also weird when you think it's when you think about the release of the movies it's been nearly two years since we last saw Bucky yeah so it's weird when you think about it that like you're like, yeah. oh my god, yeah, it's been yeah. a while that there have been um, there's there's been uh, civil war. This is five movies later. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and again, they resisted the because what you would have had uh, in an earlier Marvel movie before they sort of learnt the lessons is you would have had a, like a whole scene with him like, oh, we've got Sergeant Barnes here still, and we're still trying to work out how to get rid of his brainwashing and. Uh, but you know we're keeping him safe here, and then it'd be in the background of fucking loads of shots. Yeah, and like you said, they don't, a, they don't throw away line, yeah. in, in and that's the it. Film that... It's like what they said. Oh, it's uh, we're bringing another broken white boy. Yes, yeah, that was, was it. Brought me another broken white boy. That was bitch. literally yeah. it, and uh, it's, it's perfectly done. It's great because um, it's just a throwaway joke line, but then it is a oh, yeah, it's a reference to Bucky, um, which is quite nice. Says Sergeant Barnes, and he just sort of looks at her like no, and he goes. Bucky. <laughs> and also you can kind of feel the 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 optimism, the hopefulness of Shuri in that moment where she doesn't say it sarcastically. Mm. She says it jokingly because she has no she has no problem bringing her outsider to heal. Mm. It's not about who they are they bring to heal. It's the joy of of of, of helping someone. She gets and, to do some yeah, stuff with her she, tech. She gets to she gets to show off her tech and she gets to help people. And she doesn't care who it is, mm. and that's and that's you know it's that it's that sense that she's Wakanda's future of, of it being more open, which T'Challa is the first step on, yeah, uh, that road. And it's just, oh, it's so good, Chris. <laughs> it's so good, it's and really I'm good. so happy it's good it's... because from the moment I saw that first fucking trailer, I was like, this is gonna be <laughs> sick, and it was. <laughs> it's so good. Um, it, we were saying it last year when we were talking about like which of the movies we most anticipate in this year, and this was the one oh, that I was looking forward to the most. So, like, if 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 Infinity mm. War and Ant Man and the Wasp can be just like at least a good time, I'll be delighted because I got the one I really wanted this year, and it was it was it was it was beautiful. It's just it's good. It's very good. Go and see Black Panther. It's totally great. That's where it stands on the Matthew Watson ranking scale of movies. Do you know what else is totally great? What? Egg. Albumen. Yeah, fun, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit of yolk in the morning. Um, let's... You know what else is also alright, I suppose? Our, lis- our listenership. Yes, you guys, you're alright. Okay. You sometimes email in. Uh, we've got um, quite a few emails to get through this yeah, week. Yeah, I, 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 I held over a couple from last week deliberately because they, they're marvel E. Yeah, um, but uh, this first one is just one we didn't get to last week. Yeah, uh, don't forget, one... guys, you can email in bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Yes, um, this is from Lewis. 
who's a first-time uh, emailer. Um, greetings. Da. How does he know our secret greeting? Hey, <laughs> our secret greeting. Greetings. Greetings. Uh, to the Big Damn Cast Boys. Uh, been in the front of the show since the beginning, but never emailed in, so this should be fun. <laughs> anyway, trailers. And that's it, that's all I mean. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, just having a chat about um, uh, recent trailers here. So arguably the biggest one was Solo, and it looks meh. Yeah, I think we agree uh, on visually that Visually, it's very bland to me. First thought was how similar it looked to Rogue One, which is a film I've soured on a lot since its release, and that grey colour palette totally does not suit this trailer at all. Alden Ehrenreich is really not selling me on his Han either. He doesn't really feel like the Han we all know. Yeah. Uh, Plotting for not just doing an impression of Harrison Ford, but there needs to be some familiar alien element there, um, other than his appearance. All that business about an acting coach on set doesn't really seem like Han at all. If nothing else, though, it looks like a fun space romp, so I'm still kind of excited. And those character posters do admittedly look quite lovely. I do think these year releases need to stop, though, and that's coming from someone who loves TFA and TLJ. Um, I... I'm finding it hard to judge Jordan Aaron Reich so far. Because there's yeah. so little of him in the trailer, and it's so... This is like a character who's at least 15, around 15, probably around 15 years younger than when we first see him in The New Hope. So he's going to be a different person. At least person. I hope that he is 15 years younger, because yeah. otherwise they're going to do some really tacked on no scenes where it's like, otherwise. and here's footage of him heading off yeah. to Tatooine. It's like, nope, right. nope. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be a development thing. But yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I, I don't want to judge it too much, but then I judge other films harshly on trailers. So fuck it. Yeah, I, I'm not... I, I don't hold high hopes for it. It looks bland, like you say. Um, Infinity War, yay! Looks great, probably my most anticipated film of the year. Really can't wait, not much more to say, really though. Good to see some more Spidey and Guardians. Uh, yeah, Infinity War. Infinity War? Infinity War! Infinity, Infinity Peter War. Um, Infinity War looks like proper canny late. Um, <laughs> put that on the posters. <laughs> It's proper canny lake. Infinity Rear looks proper canny lake. Um, Matthew Watson, the big damn kiss. Kissed. Um, the big damn course. Off the subject of trailers, I've recently started watching Buffett and I'm absolutely in love with it. Hey. Currently midway through season two and hate myself for not watching this marvellous show earlier. It is, it is pretty marvellous. Anyway, what's great is, was he finished series two? He's uh, halfway through. Amazing. Series one is so 90s. Um, I love it. I love it's, it. It's lovely monster of the week stuff and really introduces the tone of the world. Series two is... I think probably the strongest of all the series in terms of it going, this is what we're setting out to do. By the end of it, you're like, oh my God, you did it. And then twisted the knife at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Series two is amazing. Um, off the subjective trailers, I've recently started... Uh, no, I've done that. Um, anyway, can we expect any Buffy content on the show in the future? Um, we probably should You may have had this point. question before, but I can't remember it, so I'll ask it again. Anyway, that about covers it. See you next time, big damn peeps. Yeah, I would Thanks, like man. to... Do- I would like to do some more structured topic-based episodes. It's just a case of well, getting we've, things planned out in advance. We've got a bit of time, just over a month, where it'd be yeah. handy for us to have a pre-record or two so in the we'll, in the back pockets. We'll look into it. Um, yeah. We've got we have got a bunch of like like I say different topic-based episodes that we wanted to do. It's just a case of getting things organised. Um, a Buffy one will be a lot. Fun. Yeah, I'd like to do some Buffy stuff. <sighs> do some Buffy. Um, Dan Rawlings with his knees and his mind. Um, I called. I, oh, pardon me. Uh, I had this over from from. <laughs> I, thought, uh, I thought you were just clapping the chair. No, no, you uh, were just not with your hands. Yes. Hey, with my buttocks. Um, 
Hey! Uh, I had this back from, from last week because it's uh, marvelly related. Uh, asked this in one of the first emails I sent in and I can't remember if you got around to it, so fuck it! Um, <laughs> I like the attitude. What do you want from Marvel Studios' Phase 4? Apart from Squirrel Girl versus the Serpent Society because that answer is too good. Yes. Um, that's all we want, really. That's all uh, we want in life. I'd like Captain Britain for some reason or maybe it would be interesting to see Nova oh. like Marvel Studios' is The Novaman with Sam What's-His-Name from Marvel's The Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, maybe I'm just playing too much Lego Marvel superheroes. Thanks, Dan Rollins. 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 Um, and I'd also, love a Nova movie in the style of the the, the Sam the problem, Alexander. The Nova. problem with Nova is that we've already established what the Novas are in the MCU. Unless we now reveal that there are the elite soldiers who are the Nova. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, um, there's a way to do it. I think there's absolutely a way to do it. You could do a you could mm, you could try and do it with Quasar, who's a lesser known character. Yeah, but you Ooh. wouldn't have that name. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, unless well, you unless you do what you've been doing with a lot of the characters in the MCU, specifically the villains, and you merge a couple characters yeah, to create yeah. what you need. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I I'd be up for a Nova. Uh, so have, phase four, phase four. In general, like, what sort of stuff would you like to see? Um, I think a Doctor Strange sequel is something that they're planning. It's not yeah. confirmed, but, like, Scott Derrickson is already planning what he'd do. And he, I think he's already said he knows what he'd do. Yeah. But it's about, like, developing how it'd look and everything. I do, I do eventually want to see a Ms. Marvel Kamala Khan, but... I That's probably down let, the road. Yeah, you need yeah. to let Captain Marvel establish herself first mm. to act as an inspiration. I want to see a Miles Morales Spider-Man at some point. Spider-Man. Um, I think, but yeah, again, you need to let Peter they, establish himself. They've, they've laid, they've laid the foundation for that to be yeah. a thing, uh, and we're also um, at least going to get a version of it in animated form from Sony Pictures. So we get, we get a taste of Miles, but down the I, line, it would be cool to see him. I would like to see a completely different Avengers team with none of the old members on at all. Yes, and I mean like none of the members we've had so far. I mean, I wouldn't be against like Hawkeye or Black Widow being like team leader. Yeah, to sort of steer it. Um, yeah, maybe. I, th- I think but I think Black Widow would no be cap- Black Widow would be the call. I think if you had to pick one to be the, they're yeah. definitely in charge. It'd be Black Widow. No cap, no thought. Kill off no Fury, kill off Fury, and make Hawkeye the leader of Shield, <laughs> so he can still be around in the universe. Or um, Maria Hill, or Steve Rogers, and get rid of his Super Soldier Serum Age Oh my God! So you'd have a different actor playing him. Or just say, Hey, Chris Evans. Good news. We're only you filming. Can stop working out. We're only filming for three days with you, um, and we're going to pay you a lot of money. Great. Bad news. Two of those three days are going to be spent in a makeup chair. <laughs> hey. Um. I look old. Damn it. Um. Um. So and uh, realistically, where do you think we're going to go? A, a Doctor Strange sequel will happen. Well, definitely. I don't know, but I'll give you some more inspiration because oh. Dan sent another email in this week, which oh. kind of follows on from it, saying. He double dipped. Um, what do you think the cliffhanger and post credit like scene? In a cuppa. What do you think the cliffhanger and post credit scene for an Infinity War will be like? A lot of people think it will be set up the next big villain, which leads me to my next question: Who do you think should be the next big damn baddie? I think the use of the real Mandarin is apparently still out there somewhere. Could be good if it meant bringing Fing Fang Foom into it as well. Ooh, um, visually, that would be so much fun. Other names that keep being mentioned are Galactus, Modok, Taskmaster, and Doctor Doom. Um, I think a lot of this depends on whether we're going to get the Fox Marvel properties in the mm. MCU proper. Um, that deal apparently is going ahead, but I think we're still waiting for public if, confirmation of it actually. If we're doing talking post credits of of Infinity War Part Two, Infinity War it's going to be setting Captain Marvel. Oh, Infinity War will be setting Captain Marvel. We'll be teasing Captain Marvel. Yeah. Absolutely, Infinity War Part Two though. If we're like 
if we're talking about the end of yeah. so, so the second film, the 2019 release. Yeah, it'll be picking um, up the pieces of whatever's left at the end of that movie. I think it... I'd be happy with it wrapping up in a way where that movie is like, a, hey, if you want to get off the train now, you can. Like, here's the here's the button on all here's of this. Here's the station. But it would be nice if they end this the Marvel Universe as we know it, and then the post-credits teaser is a, oh, go on, here's a taste of what's to come. <laughs> and if that's the case, if I had to nominate a villain, I think the obvious route to go would be Galactus. Again, this is all this is all yeah, rights decided. The if, obvious if route to go would be Galactus, because you want to go... up the stakes after Thanos, you you move them to the, the world eater. Yeah. But, because visually at least, that would be, you know, like the next thing you go. But it also would be another space villain. So if I were to pick who the big bad would be for like at least the next phase, and maybe that's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. You have a, you, Thanos was a big plan, but now you just have like your big bad who lasts the two or three years. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go that route, sort it out with Fox, guys. Give me Doom. Yeah, I would like Give to see Doom. Give me Doom. I would like to see Doom. That's a phase four movie I'd like to say. Monopolies are bad, but if we're getting phase four... I would like Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Um, failing Doom and failing... Fo- and failing Doom is a deadly and, thing to and, do. And you failing... really don't want to do that. One does not fail Doom. Um, <laughs> if He not... is the best Marvel he villain. Is best like, Marvel he just is. Down. When he's well written. When he's badly yeah. written, he's shit. Yeah. When he's well written... But even his creation. I just thought his creation. Stan Lee was just like, I like the idea of a king because you can walk up to a policeman and drop some litter on the floor. And they'll go, hey, you can't do that. That's literally. What are you going like, to do? Pick that up. Or what are you going to do? Well, no, no. See, always said that that was like, pick that up or I'll write you a ticket. But you can walk up to any policeman on the street and say, I'm going to take over the world. And they can't do anything about that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, sure. And he said, that's where Doom came from. Brilliant. The idea that you could just declare, I'm going to take over the world. Because that's not a crime in itself. No. So he was like, well, how can he do that? And he, he decided, well, if he's a king, mm-hmm. then he's got diplomatic immunity. So that's where you start. And that's yeah. where Doom started to come from. And it's like, oh my god, what a great idea! Uh, like he doesn't want to rob a bank. He could walk into a bank, probably just reach into the vault and pull some... If he wanted to rob a bank. Yeah. He'd yeah, just yeah. reach in, pull it out, they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm the king of, of Latveria. And they're so... like, oh shit, we can't actually do anything. We can debate it in the United Nations, but he's probably not going to show up. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's a tech wizard medieval king He'll creature. just send a robot. He'll, he'll send a robot in his place while he sits at home. This might be a robot. Conducting black magic. Doom. It could always be a robot. Maybe I'm a robot. Um, Am I a Doombot? <laughs> I would like to see... Failing Doom, I would like to see Kang. Oh! Kang the Conqueror would be a perfect excuse as well. And I think maybe they're testing the waters with him because he's the villain of Lego Marvel Heroes too. Okay. Yeah. Um... Like the whole thing is it is a bit the whole like cityscape the place you explore yeah. is a mashup of a load of timelines and, and locations. Oh, okay, cool. So like Wakanda's one of them, New York twenty ninety nine is one of them. Nice. It's like it's a mashup of World Asgard's part of it um, because Kang's been screwing with time and yeah. messing stuff up. Uh, that's why like that's why like Spider Gwen and characters like that are in it because timelines are all screwy. Um, but that that's maybe that's what you do because then that way, if you do have your actors who've jumped ship. But are like, oh, I kind of, ah, oh, I'm sort of missing it. It's like, well, do you know what? Do you want to get involved with the the big finale of this phase in which we're going to do some messed up timeline stuff and you can play, like, 
this version of Captain America. Because then, as well as playing with timelines, you can also sort of tweak his character a bit and go, okay, we're going to play with timelines, we're also going to play with alternate universes and yeah. another version. Um, and all, and So then then, you, then your team who've left get to come back and play in the sandbox yeah. as guests for one more film if they want to. Or even just fucking recast them entirely and have different versions of them. And like, have like, have yeah, like, leave that to have like Arnold Stark, <laughs> Iron Man 2020, or the, or the Isaiah, Re, uh, Riri Williams, or the Isaiah Bradley, uh, Captain America, <laughs> the Amadeus Cho, from, um, um, from Red, White and Black, or the, Am- the Amadeus Cho, Amadeus Cho uh, Hulk. totally awesome Hulk, um, or, or, or Spider-Man 2099, fuck it, bring in, bring in Spider-Man 2099, um, cast Tobey Maguire, screw it, yeah, no, uh, cast Andrew Garfield, and be like, hey, We'll let, you, we'll, on, we'll, we'll let you play in the you na- be... we'll let you play in the proper toy box this time. Um, uh, and uh, and have the sort of overarching theme of it being Kang is coming back to sort of something's gone terribly wrong in the future, and it's this team of Avengers that cause it. Mm. So it's a bit of the sort of Bishop backstory from X Men, and Kang well, coming it, back it's, and going, "No, I've got to stop you from this thing happening. You create, you created my world, yeah. and I need to stop you." But then you do the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes switcheroo, where the closer they get to like, maybe this needs to be done. It's like you know, someone's like, "I have to hand myself in. I'm the linchpin." They do it, and then it's like, "Ha, fucking got you. I did it. This is what right. I wanted all along." Because it means this, that, and the other. And yeah. Then, then yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. I, th- I think maybe that's the way to go. Is to Make it now so the phases from now on, you have yeah. a loose connecting thread in two or three of the four or five movies, and then your Avengers, like year one again, a uh, year one, phase one again, your Avengers is your finale, and that's where you go, and here's the climax. Yeah. And But again, get a focus on individual stories, but you have like the post credit tease being the thread. Because um, I was going to say, like, Thanos, like, the last time we saw him properly was Age of Ultron post credits. Fine. I'll do it myself. Um yeah. yeah. So like and that's what it's been three years between those movies. Yeah. Come on up. Because like he, he got he finally got a starring role the year before in Guardians as a supporting player like Sitting leading his stuff. Chair <laughs> Sitting in his chair. I mean looking like badass. Pulse, yeah. But and making great threats, but um this one comes in from uh Bolt Animation. But from who? Bowtie Animation. Bowtie Animation. Who's that? Bowtie Animation. We know, we know who it is. Maybe. Don't we? Maybe. Cool. Just can't remember the name. Um, <laughs> Bowtie Animation. Makes no fucking sense. The Venom movie. <laughs> Exhales. Takes a deep breath. Love you both. Bye. Oh, um, thanks, Bowtie Animation. Uh, we agree. Okay. Many um, times. Next one comes in from our lovely friend, Charlie. Um, hello, my grand darn men. Oh. Following on oh, from... he's rebranding. Yes. Uh, following on from my email a few weeks ago about Horizon Zero Dawn, I've now finished the game and was looking forward to lending one or both of you my copy. I've already got a copy, Charles. Don't worry about me. Worry about this fine gentleman I will lend... sat across from I will lend it off you in the near future. I've got a few things I need to get through first. Yeah. Um, um, like, I, I still haven't even opened The Witcher 3. Never mind played it. However, oh, I'm struck by the thought that I may have oversold the thing and as a result your experience would be negatively affected inadvertently <laughs> by my over-enthusiasm. <laughs> I ask you this! What piece of pop culture have you thoroughly loved only to be crushed when upon sharing that love with friends or family, etc., you got absolutely nothing back? A suggestion oh! from that may well be Big Trouble in Little China. He was so excited to show it to a friend of his and talk to Big Game the days leading up to viewing, but his friend almost immediately fell asleep as soon as the film started, leaving Matt to watch the entire thing by himself, and that friend was me. Oh my uh, god. That's going to be happening with me and Charlie. Uh, to, be fair, to be fair, 
I'll just watch Big Trouble in Little China every time. Um, he's been watching it while we've been talking. Yes, on a, on, on, on a UMD it. disc. Watch just it. out the corner of his eye. In my mind. Um, <laughs> oh God. Bram Stoker's Dracula. No, um, no I've never shown that to anyone. Gone. This is great. Um, Lucy rewatched that this week and had a tough time of it. Um, uh, she loved. I it, love it. But... I love it. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think, really. Yeah, that big trouble in Little China thing was like, oh yeah, yeah. I think you were fucking knackered anyway, though, Charles. So <laughs> to be fair, I don't. I, th- I think I could have showed you the best film in the world, and you would have fallen asleep. Um, oh yeah, I did. I showed you Big Trouble in Little China. Hey, um, in my teen years, I did it a lot because you get really passionate and excited about stuff, and you wanna, yeah, you wanna share it with people. And sometimes they're just like, oh, fine, I'll watch it, and then they watch it and they go. Yeah, this is not my thing. I've it? shown I've shown plenty of stuff to my dad, who I got a lot of my taste off growing up, and he's just not got it at all. Hmm. Like one of things like uh, Scott Pilgrim, just didn't get it. Fair enough. Uh, Man Max Fury Road, he didn't enjoy uh, it. My dad didn't like it. I've got a couple of friends who just didn't like it at all. Oh, that's um, a shame. Just didn't. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, I wasn't there for those viewings though. So. Um, uh... Um, I think I think I've yeah. I think I've been on the opposite end of that more than anything, uh, and it tends to be with TV shows. Like a yeah. lot of my friends are really into The Walking Dead. Yeah, and I, I, I couldn't yeah. care less. Like I tried, and and Lou and I got as far as the end of series two, and I was just like, I don't care about these people. Like I've 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 been reading them on the page, and I really care about those versions of these people. Mm-hmm. I do not care about these versions of these people. Um. Same with Breaking Bad. At first, I, I just couldn't care less, and I think it was just because everyone kept telling me about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we eventually watched it like several years later. Like we watched a bunch, and then a couple of years later, we picked it back up again, and we devoured it, and it was amazing. <laughs> uh, but do you know what I mean? It's like at the time I was, yeah. yeah. Did you? I same with um, uh, Game of Thrones. Like I've just yeah. had no desire to fly through it, but Lucy's. So passionate I've, about it. I've tried to turn Kanisha onto comics a few times, and it's just never landed with her. Um, I, I, think I, think, I think it's I just. Think, I think it's just a medium. I think. Yeah. Well, I, I think also with comics, pros. I think you kind of have to be in the right yeah. sort of mood. I've, I've, I've tried her on and... stuff like I've tried her on Preacher, I've tried her on Hellblazer, I've tried her on Alias, so things that she's familiar with from other mediums, and it's just never really landed. You tried Hush. Not, I, I find Hush is a really good gateway drug to like um, Batman specifically because it's no, I've it's, been very, it's very the, much I've been, a, I know these people, so it's kind of it's kind side, of cool yeah. with each issue. You know, what I mean, with each issue, yeah. you're like, oh god, it's this villain. That's yeah. cool. Like, oh, I recognise this guy, and and then you learn more about stuff as you go on. Um, uh, Hush is a great gateway drug to comics. I think I, if someone likes Batman, it's like a great way to be like, here you go, give it a try. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say another one, and I've completely forgotten. What, what, um, one that you've not been interested in, or one that someone else hasn't uh, been interested in? Oh no, that's what it is. Uh, I'm not crushed by it, but we're kind of having a bit of it at the moment because I've, I've turned you onto the Tom King Batman run, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not doing it for you. And I'm like, oh no, I'm I not disliking it. I'm not disliking I it. Love I'm, it. I'm enjoying it to the point where I purchased yeah. up to volume four. After, so that's something. Volume one, yeah. Um, but it, it's yeah. I mean, I, I'm 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 sad that you're not into it as much as I am because I think it's a really good Batman run up there with with Snyder's. But yeah. It's, it's a different flavour. Like, I was totally we were, we were saying flavor, the other yeah. day, like, if Snyder and Capullo's run is Daniel Craig Batman, a uh, Daniel Craig Bond version of Batman, yeah. um, this is Roger, and I mean this in a good way, this is Roger Moore oh, yeah, yeah, version yeah. of Batman. It's, it's, it's a bit campier and a bit... I think yeah. that's, I, that's probably why I kind of like it, because it's, 
it's just eased up a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I, just I a think, little. I think the more I'm reading it, the more I'm getting into it. Yeah. Um, I think by the end of I Am Bane, I'll be like, okay, I am completely on board. As far as your present goes, thoroughly enjoy Volume One, just because Issue One is so <laughs> solid. Oh, Issue yeah. One is so good. Yeah. Um, the plane, the plane, the plane, the plane, boss, just... the plane. Oof. Um, yeah, it's this, really good. This would be a good death. It's like, I, yes, I like it a like, lot. Oh my god, I like it a lot. I need to turn you on to the current Superman run. You, you always and, turn me on, and, and Bendis takes over soon. You um, always turn me on. I think they're starting the last. Time. Yeah, because it's. I think. Either this week or either this week or next week, Action Comics nine nine seven is out, mm-hmm. and uh, Bendis takes over after Action Comics one thousand. My God! So, um, Although he's written a short for thousand, he's written he? a short for one thousand. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a little 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 taster, a little sample of Bendis's Superman before yes. he takes over. So yeah, a few things come to mind there, Charlie. Um, oh, Charlie. finally, Ian, yeah, gets in touch with a couple of quick ones. Um. I what do you a, what I do you think what do you think of the movies uh, Mystery Men? Oh, quick is it, fire, is it quick like Quickfire? Okay, yeah, quick fire. Uh, I really like Mystery. Men. I've not seen it in years, but um, like Jeffrey Rush is the villain. Yeah, uh, Casanova Frankenstein is yeah. a lot of fun. Um, Hank Azaria, uh, Ken Mitchell, uh, Kel Mitchell, sorry. Yeah. Um, ben Stiller's all right. William H Macy's very good in it. Eddie Azar's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a good film. I remember yeah. having fun with Mystery Man. I've not seen it for Donkey's Years, but I remember it being fun. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Watchmen. Watchmen? <laughs> or the Watchmen. Watchmen! Uh, yeah, Watchmen's cool. It's... Um, it's, it's it's the best movie it could have been. It's visually interesting. Considering who it's made yeah. by and what it's based on. What it's based on. Although, I look, I'm as far as adaptations go, I... I'm much more open to the TV adaptation that's on the way. I'm much, I'm much more open to to having a script that took a few more liberties with it. Yeah, they do do some smart adaptation moves, but it's a little slavish here and there. Yeah, to the point where it doesn't quite flow properly. They could have streamlined it a little bit more, but it's mostly a fairly solid adaptation. Really cool a, opening montage, work. Like in terms yeah. of setting up some really the, nice the stuff in there. In. But it it does suffer from it does suffer from some of Zack Snyder's bad filmmaking habits. Um, I think I've got food. a uh, emotion comic version of, of Watchmen as well. Yeah, that came, yeah. Out. yeah that came out yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, food Boy, no idea what that is. Never heard of it. No idea what that food is. Food Boy, um, The Devil's Rejects. Uh, never seen it. Yeah, that's a Rob Zombie one, isn't it? Yeah, an ex of mine really loved it. Um, I'd never seen House of a Thousand Corpses though, so when I watched it, I was just a bit like, "Who are these people?" And I know, I know, it's. It's not so much a sequel, really. Like, it's its own thing, but it's carrying on from that story. But even then, I was like, why is he named after a Groucho Marx character? Well, why is he Why is he sometimes in clown makeup? What is this? You know what you've got to do to really get inside the mind of Rob Zombie? Nope. You've got to dig through the ditches. Oh. And burn, burn through, through the, the witches. witches. <laughs> and slam in the back of my Um... <laughs> Get your reluctant hat on. Oh? Because we're going to reluctantly answer a Doctor Who question as two oh. lifelong fans of Doctor Who. Oh, um, tip biscuits. As Doctor Who is getting rebranded, Chris, are there any monsters or characters from the past few years you'd like as a figure? <laughs> if they were cheap to buy. They, oh, they will be cheap to buy because uh, character options don't 
really make them anymore. And they'll um, be in B&M bargains within six months anyway. Well, uh, no, because they're repackaged. They do slight variants in those runs, but they're mostly repackages. Um, yeah. <laughs> nerd! Um, nerd! The only Doctor Who collector's line figures that came out last year, because that's what it's called now, the collector's series. Mm. The only ones that came out last year were two 12th Doctor figures, both with the same mould. Nice. But uh, they're both there. You can see them. There's one based on uh, Magician's Apprentice. Yeah. Uh, and there's one based on uh, Before the Flood. Um, both of them are the best... Well, both of them are the same figure, but they're the best version of the 12th Doctor. <laughs> Out of the couple 12th Doctor versions we've had, it's, it's definitely the best version of the character. And there was a 10th Doctor in his tux, which they've been planning to do since 2007. They mm. finally got round to. It's the best sculpt of Tenant they've ever done. Um, even if the body type's a bit weirdly bulky, like all the tenant figures, really. He's a very um, But that's it. So I don't think we're going to get any new monsters because it's so much easier for them to just reproduce doctors. What would you like to see? Uh, so it'd have to be based on a character. It'd have to be based on a monster that would come back in the series as well. Is that what he's saying? Um, like, it's a monster come back, and would I buy the figure? No, no. Just are there any things you'd oh, like? Oh, with to the see? rebranding, would yeah, I hope yeah. that they'd release some yeah. figures? Um. I'll be honest, at this stage, I'm not collecting them anymore, uh, and I don't aim to. But also, I mean... But, give me a 13th Doctor. Yeah. I will get that, absolutely. Yeah. Give me a Jodie Whittaker. Even if there's two variants, I'll pick up both variants. Oh, I'm just thinking of monsters and characters, and I can't think of anything that's memorable enough. Well, the problem is, it's, it's expensive to make the moulds in terms of how much money they return. Yeah. So they could, they could create a... Uh, you know, like a, a Fisher King from from Series Nine. Well, they did a fucking Skullvox Blitzer. Uh, yeah, but that was in the that was in the, uh, the three point seven inch, yeah. five inch range, which were cheaper to do. But like, well, like him for example, like that would be an interesting figure in the the five inch range. They have the mold; they just need to blow it up and tweak the details slightly. Yeah, but they won't because based on the sales of the Skullvox Blitzer and the three inch line, like it won't necessarily sell. No, so. Also well, then you fill your shelves with old man variant, and it won't sell. It's just not. A, it's just not a great. Design, no kids are buying Doctor Who toys now, and yet two years ago the collector series started with a bunch of reissues, yeah, uh, which included only one figure people really wanted, which was uh, the purple coated eleventh Doctor, yeah, because they'd been released before. And I'm so sorry for people who are tuning out. No, no, this is this the is pur- good. Purple coated eleventh Doctor was released in a time of the Doctor set where it was him. You could change the front of his torso so he didn't have a tie. He had the old man variant head. He had yeah. a handles and a walking stick. And he had a 12th Doctor head. So, like, essentially it was a time of the Doctor. You can create a Doctor. Yeah. Even though the old man had technically, he wasn't dressed like that. So what I did was I took my Snowman 11th Doctor figure, removed <laughs> his head and put the old man head on that one. Uh, anyway. Surgery. Nerd! Um, but it just looks, it makes a good looking figure. It's in that box and I really yeah. like it. Um, but anyway. They released that one, but they released him without all the changey bits yeah. for eleven ninety nine. So it was just a solid version of his most popular outfit. Perfect. Sorted. The other figures they released was the re-release of Rose with K9, mm-hmm. which they released a million times. Doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. Um, they re-released the 11th Doctor in his tweed with blue shirt with a sonic screwdriver in a box set. Doesn't sell. No. And they re-released... Um, these are on the shelves still. You can see them everywhere. They re-released Policewoman Amy who before this was an exclusive to a TARDIS set from t- the end of 2010. Okay. Uh, it was a Weird. Christmas Carol collector's set. Yeah. Oh, um, what? Well, because technically that's how she looks in um, in uh, 11th Hour, but she also is dressed in the policewoman's outfit 
in Christmas Carol because Rory's dressed as a Roman and it's a Stephen Moffat script. So the implication is they're role playing. Uh... Although the boots were incorrect, but never mind. Um, but they released that figure. Now, had they released that Amy figure four or five years ago as an individual figure, it would have sold like gangbusters. Yeah. Now, no one's buying them. So, not because no one's buying the lines anyway, so they're not trying to fill the gaps in their collection. Mm. So, it's pointless. So, I think going forward, the only thing they're likely to do is make the 13th Doctor. And that's the only one I care about them making. But, dream scenario. Figure of a monster or a character. Yeah. Dream scenario that that we've never got that I would absolutely love to have. Um, Probably. And this is really pathetic and not that special. I would just like a Slovene variant that looks a bit more like the puppet. Because the Slovene figure is a great figure. Okay. But it's okay. it's got the angry face with Where his teeth. It? Uh, there's none on the shelf at the minute. Oh, but okay. it's got the angry face with its teeth bared. I just oh, want, yeah, I just yeah. want one with its dopey arms, with its, its baby, baby face. face yeah. yeah, like like that. There's like like the, the baby Slovene yeah, from yeah. Sarah Jane range, like something like that. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Just so it looks more like the Celine as it is in the episode. So you can have a couple mm. different ones. Failing that, um, give me finally an Anthony Ainley. <laughs> because the Anthony Ainley master figure that did come out is it was in a Planet Fire twin pack and he's in a suit. And if you remember, that isn't the master. That's Chameleon. Oh, God. <laughs> no! Oh, God. But you know what I mean? Like, I'd like him in his, his frills and his yeah. velvet and stuff. Uh, maybe with a bunch of uh, racially questionable swappable disguise oh, heads. Oh, God. <laughs> or an Eric Roberts master. I was thinking of Talons of Wang Chang the other day and the problematic elements of its cast. Mm. Um, and yet we have a Magnus Greel and Mr. Sin figure. So, Oh, that's not the problem, though. Oh, no, but uh, still, like, um, we, we, like, even that story, which we don't, has not aged a, well in terms of We ain't of getting a Lee Sen Chan figure anytime soon, and nor Ooh. should we. Um... Or give me a um, give me a Michael Goff Celestial Toymaker figure. Yeah, well, yeah, I, oh, and then yeah. find the rest of Celestial yeah. Toymaker. <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> um, thoughts on Batman Gotham by Gaslight or the idea of Batman vs Jack the Ripper? I've never read I've, Gotham by Gaslight. I've never read it, but I've noticed the animated films out. It was even yeah. in Asda the other day, which shows that you know they're finally opening their I've, their, their um, options a little bit in terms of the chart. I've read some. Batman Elseworlds, I, I read The Doom That Came to Gotham, which I particularly enjoyed. It's got, I guess, never... like a, a, a Snyder book. No, it's the first Elseworlds. The first really? Batman Elseworlds. There'd not been any Batman Elseworlds before that? No, that was that was what launched it. Uh, okay, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It, it's supposed to be very good, but I've never read it. Uh, Batman vs. Jack the Ripper? Why the fuck not? That's what Elseworlds is for. Weird shit like that. Uh, finally, from Ian, uh, what animal is your support animal? Fictional or otherwise. Is this in reference to that girl who apparently flushed and killed her support gerbil because she wasn't allowed to take it on a plane and then tried to sue the airline for the fact she had to... Uh, she, quote-unquote, had to apparently kill her gerbil. Apparently. Because millennials. Um, That's not a thing. It's, so it ha- this happened, though. This is, this is... Someone on Twitter quoted it as the Logan Paul generation in a nutshell. Oh, God. Um, Don't lump us in with that shit. Instead bro. of a support animal, can we have a spirit animal? My spirit animal is a sleepy uh, full bear. My support animal, my spirit animal, and my Patronus are Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Hey! That's my only pick. That's it. That's, that's, my that's pick. kind of it. Um, <laughs> that's us, ladies and gents. That's you. 
That's me. Go see the fuck out of Black Panther. Yeah. Go um, devour it with your eyes and digest it with your brain. And then go back for seconds, which I think I probably will do at some yeah, point. Yeah, I probably will. Although, first priority for us in terms of cinema, uh, before we all meet again next week. Uh, here's your, here, here, book club, here's your required reading for next uh, week. The Shape of Water. Yeah, go see it, because I'm going to see it tomorrow, or yesterday, when this comes out. Yeah. Tomorrow as of recording. Um, we would be seeing it for Valentine's, but we've we've committed to a gym routine, I, I so will, it's not be, happening yet. I will be seeing uh, it for Valentine's. Because there's nothing more romantic than Sally Hawkins fucking a fish. Um, on that note, get in touch, bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Remember Big Damn Cast on Twitter if you aren't following us already. And subscribe to the Big Damn channel on the YouTubes for constant nonsense and bollocks. And hopefully more stuff as well in the very near future. Yes. But until then, we'll leave you with these wise words. <laughs> Hush, Nifflimdi! Hwit! Hwit! Ah! Mm. Oh! Quite.